Today's episode is brought to you by Manscaped, who just launched their fourth-generation performance package and their Shears 2.0 nail grooming kit. Join the Manscaped movement by going to manscaped.com for 20% off plus free shipping with the code LASERTIME. And welcome to episode 427 of Video Game Apocalypse. I'm your host, Michael Raparez, coming to you from the Jason Walsh Memorial Studio of the Airwaves. If you want to get in on the studio naming action, go to patreon.com slash laser time. Who else is joining me? Oh, uh, can't think of any funny nicknames right now, Chris Antista. And not a fake tree, which you would know what that means if you listen to bonus time, uh, Matthew Allen. And special guest joining us for the first time ever, it's... Yet another Bobby who escapes Ohio? <laughs> I feel like I've done a show what's with your you name? a couple times, Robert. Yeah, yeah. Um, oh, God. It's, it's probably been well over a decade. Like, Say your name. Probably the last... Oh, God. What's your name? Um, Say your name. Bobby Breach. Oh, oh, my God. I keep forgetting about that. Uh, I'm, so, I'm so used to doing name. podcasts. Roberts from the PNB Network, the final mm-hmm. piece in the, the PNB Fifecta, I think that's what we're calling us. Fifecta. I'm just inventing anything off the spot. Sure. I don't know yeah. what would be, like, Septecta or, or like... Uh, There's pen, another pen, we haven't had on? Pentatecta. 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 Yeah, Pentatecta. we've, we've sure. done TL, we've done Robert, we've done Kayla, we've mm-hmm. done Dylan, and we've done Brendan Hesse. That's yeah. fine. Okay, there you go. Yeah. All right, well, thank you for joining us. Gia! And did, oh. did you say where people can find PNB? Um, PNB, just look it up on the podcast out there. Um, we, we, have a, we have a Twitter we sometimes use, at PNB Cast. We put out weekly episodes of just, you know, like, what, what, what we're... Whatever we're playing, or let's say I want to do some random quiz about Dragon Quest characters and their terrible puns. Our, our little fun little play thing that we do weekly in and out. I, just a light plug... For 30 2010, because I wish I had all of you with me, we had to talk about Final Fantasy The Spirits Within. I'm so sorry. And yeah, yeah, I've never seen it. It's, I, I was going to force Diana to rewatch it, and she somehow. No. Uh, yeah, well, did you really want to rewatch it? It's, no. It's, yeah, <laughs> I mean, I, I'm morbidly curious. I mean, the, the spoilers, <laughs> I remember not liking the, it when it came out. It so. got bad reviews, and the only good things people had to say about it, I'm like, well, this is a brand new technology, and it looks it looks insane. It doesn't look it good at all anymore. <laughs> so no. like everything bad about it is amplified it, to be even worse. It looks like a cutscene from ten years ago. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. And they, oh my god, the hair is so thick you could put it in a hot dog bun. Oh god, <laughs> <laughs> that's sad. Well, keep uh, it away from Joey Chestnut. Yeah, I don't even like the better one of those, which was Advent Children. So there's no way I'm watching Spirits. With I, that's that's one of the things I just. Why didn't they just make a movie out of one of their existing? Oh, square the hubris. Yeah, sorry. Something. Just just put fucking chocobos somewhere. Make it in yeah. a fantasy world. Nobody wants to see Final Fantasy in 21st century post-apocalypse Earth. So depressing and bleak. Anyway, it's yeah. a huge week on 302010. Point Break, Boys in the Hood, Harry Potter 7-2, Winnie the Pooh. Oh, my God. Mm. Legally Blonde, Sexy Beast. Oh. oh, wow. That is a big week. Shaolin Soccer. Amazing. 
Uh, that's a big week, yeah. It's a less big week for us, for Vidya Games. There's some cool stuff that came out this week, but uh, you know what I really hate? I hate when I'm walking around a beautifully jagged 8-bit landscape, and I wander into a cave, and what do I find? Fucking cave hermit! Fucking right. cave hermit, and <laughs> old, he doesn't. Old hermit. He doesn't. Does he tell me a boring ass story? No. Does he try to stab me for drug money? No. no. He gives me a sword, and I'm like, "What the fuck am I going to do with this sword?" And so I wander around trying to give it to all the monsters I see, but every time I show them the sword, they just disappear, and sometimes they leave me money, and it's like, "God damn it! Just take the damn sword." This is getting dangerously close to a Monty Python sketch. Yeah, sorry. It was a it was a bit I thought of five minutes before the show. I, that, I don't know where this <laughs> dumb idea came from, but I was all for it. All yeah. fucking for it. So, yeah, maybe he was trying to stab you, and he's just he's too weak, you know, from being in the cave maybe. and all. Lack of vitamin D. You know, so, sometimes he just give you cryptic advice, and you have to figure out what the fuck a Garlaws is and why you're trying to get there. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. This episode is going to be a tribute to the classic cave hermits of games past <laughs> i tr- I tried to look this up with some and then talk about it with some friends how old is like the magical guy in the cave trope and old. it yeah it's extremely old like a, a buddy of mine uh matt stash on tiktok he's got way more followers than anyone else i know he just immediately went to uh adam and eve and the treasure i'm like what when Adam and Eve, it's a it's a recently not recently a decanonized biblical story where Adam and Eve have to go live in a cave, but they don't know what darkness is, so they keep freaking out and think the world is gone. And Adam would kill. It's it's don't look at me like that, Matt. It is not canon anymore. It's a um, parable about how they develop object permanence. Yes, they, they but, don't but, call it. But canon, instead of getting upset, Adam continually kills himself, and God has to keep resurrecting. Like you fucking. Is, dork. is this like in the apocrypha? Uh, yes, I think so. Okay. Yeah, I thought it was, but I thought, like, that's the the magical, the maybe the first magical cave story. Aladdin, uh, the Goonies, uh, shit, yeah. I had a whole bunch it's, written it's down. It's part of the classic hero's journey. It like, totally is. And I, I had to look up the reason why, and I just thought it was really funny, is that before we had flashlights, caves were literally deadly to the human species. Yes. <laughs> Don't go in a fucking cave without a gun or a flashlight. And people who did... Oftentimes, never return to life. You can drown. You can be killed by disease. Uh, you can't, like, just the lack of light alone. Bears. So it's, it's used in writing as a place to put something that not a lot of people can discover. And that only the brave and bold may come upon. But uh, I, lo- I don't know. I just got obsessed with, like, how many things have goddamn caves in them that I <laughs> that I really like. Uh, it, it, it's, it's like we haven't thought of anything better than a cave. It showed up in Shazam a few years ago. Still discovering That's stuff true. in caves. Yeah. It's, it's weird, too, because in my experience, like, I do know there are, like, huge cavernous caves out there in places like New Mexico, but every cave I've ever seen is usually just, like, scooped out of the side of a cliff. Like, it's not a true, like, hole you walk in. Like, I think when people think cave, they think, like, a mine. You know, like, oh, you're yeah. going to walk in and, and have this huge room around you. It's like, no, most caves are just kind of like, oh, yeah, someone, you know, it's, nature might have carved like an yeah, overhang. Water carved, carved like a hole that. in this. The further you walk into it, the more like you are to fall into a chasm or get squished because there's really not a room for anything but uh, tricky bears in there. 
Mm-hmm. Have you ever done like a, a cave tour of sorts where yeah. they, they hook you up on, on the harness and then you tr- try to traverse, you know, try to do like the Assassin's Creed stuff and you just walk around the walls and, and like walk across the tripwire and I don't know. And then I'll, eventually I'll, I'll, you, re- you reach an area where you, you, like you're, you're, you feel like like if you're claustrophobic, you're, you're, you're like spiking at that point. Yeah. And you just feel like you're gonna be, you know, you're gonna, you're gonna squish, or something's gonna happen. You're gonna, you're gonna be, you know, it's just, just the walls are gonna start caving in. Even though obviously it's a tour, it's not gonna happen. And you, and you know, the tour is just hiding its load times. So I mean, <laughs> 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 squeezing this. All right, that was a good joke for this fucking show and nowhere else. I got nothing. Yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> courtesy laugh. That's all. Yeah. They didn't design anything off the rails. Okay, it's just, it's just gonna be a blue screen, blue hell, whatever you call that, when you fall through the mesh. Um, but I feel like we're getting away from the old man part of the equation. Which, this is know, important because I know I've told this story a billion times. When I went to Japan finally, I felt like all these beautiful game designers I revered were frauds because Japan just looks that way. It yeah. looks like a video game. You just oh. drew your backyard, man. You didn't come up with all this shit. And then uh, we were looking for the. Uh, we were outside of Kyoto and looking for the Arishiyama Monkey Park. And we went up the path we thought we were supposed to go up. Google isn't Google Maps isn't really working, uh, but we're not seeing any signs. And I feel I'm, I remember turning to my girl. I'm like, I feel like if we were getting close to a monkey park, we would fucking hear it, and we didn't. And then we just come into an alcove, and there's an old man standing by himself with both his hands on his cane, and he says something to the effect of, "You seek the monkey park." And then, <laughs> and then we're like, <laughs> "Yes," and he's like, "You." He, he, this he said literally. You must go back. <laughs> you did not meet like, a Japanese NPC. There's yeah, no it was like, it was, way that happened. It was the most video gamey thing I've ever seen. Because we didn't like disturb him. He didn't like stop masturbating when we walked through the clearing. He was just standing there staring straight forward. It was fucking crazy. No, typically in games you don't disturb them. That's what's so weird. They're just yeah. seemingly waiting for mm-hmm. you. Sometimes they're super jacked. It's yeah. weird. You, it's you like must this. go back. Return to mission in 30 seconds, sir. You will be... It, it, <laughs> and I'm over. sorry, he did, he did say that after like several tries of trying to get his English right, and that was what he came up with, like those four perfect <laughs> words. <laughs> you must I, go back. There's There were so many examples of this, like at one point, I tried to look in like, is this based on some Japanese mythology? Like this, this thing of like the man in the cave. Is this from some story? You know, and and I couldn't find anything. I don't know if you guys had any. No, thought, I did. I the best not. I could come up with is I confirmed my suspicion that like caves were fucking deadly, and nobody really lived in them. Yeah. So if, if, if someone was living in them, they're either you know really fucking jacked and hardcore, or they're a nature spirit or something in disguise. Yeah, they're usually mm. an old grizzled hermit hiding from people because most people. Don't would not walk into a fucking cave, um, <laughs> and uh, that's why you should hide your gold and buy gold with our coupon code. No, sorry, I'm not I'm doing a Glenn back over here <laughs> in uh, a cave. <laughs> hide in um, a cave, but yeah, I feel like you know you're talking about like oh, those little alcoves carved into the sides of cliffs or whatever. That's perfect for a hermit. They just need enough shelter to keep out of the rain and maybe keep some yeah. of the wind off. It's all about that aesthetic wilderness lifestyle go retreat from humanity in an attempt to to discover enlightenment and then some some kid comes to you and says can you help me and you're like sure kid here's a stick go away go away (laughs) uh yes great wisdom find garlaws whatever anyway yeah let's let's get into this uh ridiculous shit show i've concocted favorite (laughs) 8-bit cave hermits right after this It is summer. The sun's out in full force, which means you and your friends should be out at the pool or the beach. 
when you do venture out. Hopefully, you're not rocking that unsightly body hair or those disgusting post-pandemic toenails. <sighs> Nothing gives a below-the-belt blow to your confidence more than looking like you're wearing a sweater made of body hair at the pool. Gross! Don't worry, my friends. Our friends at Manscaped have you covered, so you can uncover to beat the heat. They just launched their fourth-generation performance package and their Shears 2.0 Nail Grooming Kit. The Performance Package 4.0 includes the new Lawnmower 4.0. This trimmer will change the way you approach your grooming routine. This fourth-generation trimmer features advanced skin-safe technology to reduce grooming nicks and cuts. You don't want any ingrown hairs or snags on your boys before beach season. The Lawnmower 4.0 has a 7,000 RPM motor, an on-off travel lock, and gives you the ability to turn the 4000K LED spotlight on and off. This trimmer is also waterproof so you can trim in the shower and not worry about any cleanup on aisle D. D is in these nuts. <laughs> the Performance Package 4.0 also includes the Weed Whacker to chop your worst weeds up top and your nose and ears. The Weed Whacker is also waterproof and uses a 9000 RPM motor powered 360 degree rotary dual blade system. <sighs> This nose and ear hair trimmer provides proprietary skin-safe technology, which helps prevent nicks, snags, and tugs in all the sensitive little nostrils and ears of yours. Aw, little sensitive baby. Mm-mm, little up. Uh, once you're finished mowing the lawn and trimming back those weeds, use the Crop Preserver Ball Deodorant and Crop Reviver Ball Toner to keep you on your game in the heat. Manscaped even threw in two free gifts to their Performance Package 4.0, the Manscaped Boxers and the Shed Travel Bag. It's also flip-flop season, which means you want your feet and toes to look their best. Enter the Shears 2.0 Nail Grooming Kit. This luxury four-piece nail grooming kit features tempered stainless steel tools and includes slash tip tweezers, rounded point scissors, fingernail clippers, and a medium grit nail file. Easy for me to say. So get 20% off and free shipping with the code LASERTIME at manscaped.com. That's 20% off plus free shipping with the code LASERTIME at manscaped.com. Tame the summer swamp in your pants with Manscaped. Your balls will thank you. And we're back to talk about what? 8-Bit, 8-bit Cave Hermits. 8-Bit Cave Hermits. Here we go. Number five. I don't know it. That's Music would probably be pretty recognizable oh, oh. if you had a master system. Group. Alex, Alex Kidd. Kidd. Alex Kidd. Yes. Uh, I, real quick, I do want to take a moment and say, if you are playing in a retro chiptunes band and we're searching for your band name, you're welcome for 8-Bit Cave Hermits, because that is perfect for one of those band names. Mm-hmm. Especially if you're all white guys with beards. <laughs> yeah. Or just guys with beards, period. Th- this is not a game I had a whole lot of experience with as a kid, but uh, it, it does have a cave hermit that is very central to the story, and he is named Saint Nurari. And he is an old man who has raised Alex Kidd from a young age and taught him the the art of shell core, which is known as blocking in Japan. And basically, it's just that that's the martial art that Alex Kidd uses to make his fists get big so he can punch rocks. Oh, shell core is what me and the street people would call three card Monty. Yeah, yeah. Well, funny you should say that because John Ken, that rock, paper, scissors factors so heavily into this game. Ah, good. And when you meet him in the original 8-bit game a few levels in, you get like a big-ass screen of text 
that says, Welcome, Alex. You are a prince from the country of Redaxian who was kidnapped by evil men when you were but a small boy. Your native land is now being grossly misgoverned by the tyrant <laughs> Jankin the Great. Your this mis- is Alex Kidd? This is Alex yeah. Kidd. Your mission I, I, is to I, save the populace from him. It, it's that it's that of the first season of Iron Fist. Yeah, it, <laughs> it sounds, sounds like the 2020 election all over again. Hey. Yeah, so so basically, your sensei, your mentor, is this long bearded hermit who discovered you as a child and raised you away from evil men who were taking over your kingdom. But then, in in the remake, which came out recently, Alex Kidd in Miracle World DX, uh, he he gets a little bit of dialogue punch up. And he says, Alex, difficult times are coming. It is time for you to know the truth. Your truth. An evil man from the kingdom of Redaxian traveled to this island and brought with him a small child. I knew immediately who it was when I saw the medallion hanging from the child's neck. Alex, you were that child. You are Alex Kidd, the heir to the throne of Redaxian. It's time for you to face your destiny. I have prepared the pedocopter for you to leave immediately. The pedocopter? Yeah, the pedocopter. Yeah. Uh, oh, I was going to say, for an old guy that <laughs> kidnaps a kid and makes him live with him in a cave, maybe he shouldn't mm-hmm. use terms like pedocopter. Yeah. Just, just well, it's because it's got pedals. Get it? Have a seat. And also not lie to him for his dire life. You are no longer an Alex baby. <laughs> <laughs> you are an it's Alex Time to grow kid. up. <laughs> Uh, yeah, that I, I you know I'm reading these aloud because there there wasn't a lot of voice acting uh, in the 80s, but I, I want to compare just sound wise. So here's here's what the hermit speech sounds like in the remake of the game. Hold on. It gives you Hold the, on, the, I'm sending a text. Yeah, um. <laughs> it gives you the pedicopter and a little victory map music, whatever. But, you know, it's a ni- nice pastoral music. He's kind of talking in little... Bop, 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 bop. It's like, you know, popping bubble wrap or something. Here's how it sounded like originally. That's him talking. That's text filling up the fucking street. Like you talk like a mile a minute. Yeah. Ugh. Anyway, um, that's a conversation that, 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 at least that, that yes. matches the frantic pace of a cave hermit, of what I think he would sound like. <laughs> yes, they're, Charles they're Manson. very rapid talkers. They do yes. a lot of meth in those caves. There's not much else to do. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah, this also, weirdly enough, you'd think, okay, one hermit is probably enough for this series. No, because in Alex Kidd in the Enchanted Castle, we have evil hermits who are enemies and will teleport around and hit you with their canes. And then they're led by a great hermit who challenges you to a Junkin game. And uh, this isn't quite 8-bit anymore since it's it's on Genesis, but uh, you may notice a slight upgrade in the audio quality. Oh. <laughs> Ow! All right, that's him challenging you to a duel. <laughs> And then, yeah, you rock, paper, scissors him, you win, and a giant weight drops on him and squashes him flat. So, kill the hermit, Alex. And this he- is the most I've heard anyone talk about a hermit since Herman the Hermit from Yogi's First Christmas. Like, oh. the, the word hermit oh. is just... <laughs> We're just getting started, Matt. Matt's been trying to work in a Jellystone plug every, every show we have. Every. Coming soon, HBO Max. <laughs> that does look fun. It really does. Yeah, <laughs> we know at least one person who's worked on it. So. Yes, and those, yeah. those characters haven't been on screen... 
for 30 years, which is why one of us made a reference to it. It's it's my it's my secret thing. I try to work in shows in between references to Genshin Impact, according yeah. to Chris. Genshin Impact and Blackbeard's <laughs> Ghost. And that's two favorite things. One of those things is true. Blackbeard's Ghost is dope. I would totally play a game called Blackbeard's Impact. Anyway, <laughs> whoa, whoa, not me. Included on the NES Classic? I forget. Uh, I depends on what it is. If it's the Superman game, then it's no. Rygar. It's Rygar. Rygar. Yeah. No, I don't. You couldn't it tell is. from the little like weird popping balloon noise. That... <laughs> hitting hitting monsters with his giant <laughs> Robert yo-yo. is just shaking his head like what? You, you you could be like just saying complete gibberish, proper nouns, and I'm just like, all right, cool. Hey, look. I, I mean, look, okay, dude, man. To be fair, like as a kid. <laughs> I did not understand this game and never really got past the first or second level. Like, it was oh, the most tough. confusing well, it, shit. Or the arcade game or the NES game? I was sperm then. The NES game. It, it, you have no excuse, Bobby Breach. Uh, there was a PS2 <laughs> one that was pretty okay. So it it's had okay, a resurrection yeah, later on down the road. And a Wii one that was the same game but with a different character design. Yes. <laughs> it's that dude who has a shield who looks like a like a snail shell or something like that. It, like, it looks like Maximus a torso-sized or? yo-yo. Yeah. Yeah, yes. Mm-hmm. That's sure. what, I, that's what yeah. I thought it was as a kid. Hmm. Or that he was swinging around to some spiked loot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it, just, it just looks like, yeah, a saw-bladed yo-yo that he throws out. Um, yeah, the, the NES games and the arcade game are quite different. But if you look for Rygar and image search, like one of the f- top things that's going to pop up is this guy who looks like buff topless Santa sitting on a giant pedestal. And he is huge. <laughs> he is like four or five times as big as the protagonist. And I don't know, it might just be that he's, like, sitting in a vast chasm and he's, like, in the foreground and it's playing with things, but... No, that dude is still cut as fuck. He is, yeah, he is. <laughs> he's, he's really He's fucking, ripped. like, ready to stand up and just crush some bricks in his in his bare hands. Uh, he is known alternately as the guru or as the legendary god. And and I found out that uh, there, are, there are actually two uh, buffled cave hermits in this. There's that guy, the legendary god or guru, and then there's the Indora gods who look a lot like him, except they have like a tattoo on their forehead. Oh, yeah, yeah. And there are like five of them and they give you special power-ups you need to finish the game. Because the backstory is needlessly complicated, they resurrected Rhaegar from the grave because you can't just have a hero, he has to be an undead hero. Why from the grave? (laughs) Rhaegar from (laughs) your... All right. (laughs) Keep the show going. But they they have kind of a, a, a haunting track that plays when they show up. Just sitting there dispensing important wisdoms like in the Grand Mountain lies the entrance to Garlaws. There's that thing I was referencing at the top of the show. Press uh, start to pause. <laughs> yeah. That's that's modern day things like yeah. They just give out tutorial information. Yeah. Also, above here in the skies of Rolsa, in scare quotes, is a floating castle. And my personal favorite, the the Indora gods, the tattoo headed guys. I'll refer to you as O Great Warrior, but it's written out as O Apostrophe Great. So it's like an Irish surname. O Great, yes. O Great Warrior. From the Dublin O Greats. Yeah. Oh, yeah. The O Greats. O Great Warrior. (laughs) I'll also give you a coat of arms. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, yeah. It's it's a fun, silly little game. Uh, Yeah. In my world, I just... 
after 10 years after the NES, we're all talking about underrated NES games. This was usually brought up pretty quickly. Mm-hmm. Rygar. Yeah. Everyone, and like, I remember at the time, every, when I was a kid, everyone loved Rygar for mm-hmm. some reason. I had a friend who had Rygar, and it looked, just looked really strange to me, but uh, everybody loved that shit. Yeah, I had, like, yeah, one friend that had it, and I just, it was one of those things where we just never really made much progress in the game. It's I think we were too little when we were playing it, but uh, yeah. I could never figure out, too, like, so the arcade, he's warrior of Argus, and he mm-hmm. sort of has this vaguely Greek look to him at times, but it's it's not really Greek. It's like this, because I think it's like far future fantasy, right? It's it's kind of like mm, yeah, I you don't know. know. I don't think so. Yeah, because the guy on the American cover looks like fucking Johnny from Karate Kid. Those <laughs> 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 thought he looked like an Aztec or something like that, but uh, yeah, I, I guess in the, the NES manual, it's it's the from the kingdom of Argul, something like that. So it's like, yeah, it seems like a pretty clear mistranslation of Argus. Is that where those owls were from? Never mind. Yeah, the, the owls of guardians of uh, <laughs> Argul. Yeah, but then on the PS2 version, he definitely looks Greek. He's like holding this like shield with a very Greek Oh, yeah, like totally. Idea. Yeah, he's almost stereotypically Greek in, in mm-hmm. Rygar the Legendary Adventure. Uh, anyway, who got cl- far enough in this game to see that they were top-down levels as well as side-scrolling ones? What? I didn't. Yeah. I did not. No. Crazy. But anyway, uh, unless anyone has anything more to say about Rygar, no. let's move on. Number three. So that, Michael, that's this guy saying, welcome here. This is a warp zone. And oh, if you guys can't guess what game this is, I have a much clearer hint. This is the movie. This is based on the movie that TL from uh, uh, P&B promised to watch every week, I believe. Uh, take him yeah, off on that. Yeah, his favorite movie. It's his, his favorite, favorite film. Movie. He can't stop talking about it. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm He's never been prouder. I've never seen anyone so proud to not see a movie. He's oh, just yeah. like, yeah, I've never seen Goonies. And I'm like, you're, no, you are truly depriving yourself. It's a good movie. <laughs> it's, like, a it's, movie. It's, it's okay. It's yeah. silly. It is a, some parts of it have aged very poorly. And it's like, you, you have to just bear in mind, like, okay, this is a movie for kids that operates on kid logic. No, it's, it's, it's wonderful. It's, it's, and with terrible adults in it, like yeah. all horrible adults. And Ramsey's great in it. Yeah. Uh, and so is, is that Jilly the Throw Pins. Mama from the Train Lady? Yeah. And mm-hmm. she, she's rendered, uh, quite convincingly in the opening screen to Goonies 2. Yeah, she better had, she had gotten money out of this, cause you can't recognize any of the other characters, no. really, but her. Yeah. She she she's the one who shows up at the end and says, uh, "Game over. Try again," and offers you the chance to continue. Just very non Mama Fratelli. Thing yeah, to do. she's very reformed. That's awesome. Yeah, you know, yeah. but she is she is the ultimate villain in this, of course. And I should point out this is a sequel not to the movie necessarily, but to the original Famicom game, which somehow never came to the U.S. except in these like Play Choice arcade cabinets. It's, and I, it's it's astonishing they let something this confusing happen because I yeah. spent I think about ten years of my pre-internet life assuming there was a sequel to the Goonies that I just it's it must be rented out every time I go into the blockbuster. I, I think the fiction I had made up in my head as a kid was oh there must have been a movie that was canceled and this game right. was supposed to tie into that mm. movie. Like that's just, a way savvier thing to do. Like uh, well I guess I don't have HBO I'll never know. 
Don't know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or maybe it was like that Ghostbusters video game where they thought of it as the official sequel. Like, yeah, we can't make a movie, so this game's your sequel. Here you go. I mean, it's as close as we've gotten to date, so. Yeah. And the closest we're going to get, because Richard Donner passed away this week. R.I.P. The one of the goddamn greats. What a diverse, wonderful catalog. Superman, The Omen, Goonies, the the William Shatner Twilight Zone Terror at 5,000 feet. Um, you, I know it's not called the Donner Cut, but have you seen the TV cut of Goonies that has the octopus scene in it? No. No. It's real. It exists. I've seen it on TV. It's as stupid as it sounds. Like, literally, they come down the slide, and this octopus starts to attack him. It looks like that scene in Popeye where you oh. have the octopus attacking. And fucking, I think it's like Mouth throws, or it might be Data throws a, a Walkman playing music into the octopus's beak and it goes away waving its arms dancing. I'm not making that <laughs> oh, shit up. Good enough. Good enough. <laughs> is it like animatronic or like is this like like very early it's, CG? It's like animatronic. What? It's yeah, animatronic. Okay. It's probably puppetry with animatronic. Shake his legs around. Make him look like he's strangling. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but, so so the first the first Goonies again a game that I loved uh it was kind of unconvincing because you're playing as Mikey and his main attacks are karate kicks, which work on the Fratellis for some reason, and uh, bombs, you know, as as most kids can get their hands on, like, big cartoon spheres with fuses. Uh, uh -huh. This time around, slightly more believable, he attacks with a yo-yo, and later on you can also get a boomerang and other things, and it's much more of a Metroidvania-style game than the original one like, was. Like his hero, Mr. Rygar. Yeah, exactly like Mr. Rygar. Throwing out there, not the yo-yo, and I don't, I don't want to, I don't want to talk shit because he's one of my favorite humans, still living. But Sean Astin, I could, I could take, I would say, a thousand karate kicks from him at that age. <laughs> yeah, uh, probably I, before yes. it would, before I would feel anything. I, I'm really glad, on the body. I'm, really, I'm so glad you brought Rygar back up because I would have been remiss if I didn't point out the enemy that you fight at the end of Rygar is King Ligar. That is right. a real thing from that game. That's... But you are rescued by Jet Jack. <laughs> Never mind. Never mind. Again, ignore me. I shouldn't be on this show. Uh, whatever. Ignore this. Ignore this. This was another confusing game for me, by the way, yeah. as a kid. Like, well, because of the, the transition from like the first person, or I guess it's over the shoulder scenes. Yeah. So, know? yeah. So we're getting into the caves part of the equation because it's oh. like, a, it's a Metroidvania. So it's a side scroller, but there are doors everywhere. And you can go through some of the doors, and then you're you're in like a first person view of a hallway or a corridor, just various rooms that you have to go through. There are a bunch of secrets in there. You have like an adventure game style interface where you can talk or hit and or pull out a tool like a hammer to hit things. And when you meet people like an old man who is saying, "Welcome here. This is a warp zone." You can fucking punch him and get one of the all-time best quotes from any video game ever. In case you can't speak clickish, that's, ouch, what do you do? <laughs> ouch, what do you do? <laughs> who's, who's talking in that, in that scene? That's that's the old man. You you punch I, him and he says, "Ouch! What do you do?" And if you hit him with the hammer, he just says, "Please help me." <laughs> <laughs> and I uh, do feel like the clickest needs to be added to our news sound because that is a very very appropriate news. Yeah, yeah. Typewriterese. 
<laughs> Interestingly, there's also an old woman sitting in in one of the tunnels, and she just is kind of mean and is just like, if you don't have anything to do here, go away. And if you punch her five times for no other reason, you get a candle that lights up dark spaces. So, <laughs> what? So, it's it's just it's absurd video game logic. It's like the Simon's Quest, you know, kneel at the edge of the cliff with the crystal or whatever. It's it's just like how would you know to do this? And that's the problem I had with this game is yeah, you can never as a kid remember this is like young kid stuff. You can't make much progress because it's all that kind of bullshit. It's like it's not intuitive at all. A lot of early NES games had this fascination with like oh you'll go in a door see. And I think Chris has played on his stream like the was it the. Nightmare on Elm Street game where you're doing that and you're like going up into all these houses and it just gets confusing and everything yes. starts to look alike and you're like, I don't know where I am in this level right it now. It is very confusing, which I never would have been able to play without the patient, patient Dave Rudden. Uh, <laughs> yeah, so this is a very, very similar deal. It's And especially when it changes perspective and game types, it becomes like one of those, I guess it's well, yeah, modeled I, after Shadowgate uh, was a big game at the time that mm-hmm. did that kind of command. But, uh, I try to remind people that it was a smaller world and like, um, you know, you only had like three movies that you genuinely loved every year. And when anybody made a game out that, you'd, you'd try your best to find a way to love it. And yeah, I, you've never heard me say this. I didn't see the Goonies till real late. So I fucking hated this game. Hated this game. I had not seen the movie at all. I love the uh, movie and I still hated this game. This game fucking sucked. <laughs> yeah, but it was like back when game. I didn't hate any NES games really, but I never liked this. And it, it, in hindsight, it, like it looks much older, much much older than most NES games. Yeah, it does. It it has like that early NES game look about it, where like there's no sense of you know attempt to shade anything or yeah, it's just yeah. very you know big blocks of solid colors. Yeah, Mikey almost looks like the hero from Kung Fu. Mm-hmm. You know, like even at the same kind of like if you if you just you know. Squashed them yeah. a bit, yeah. Oh man, look up, look up the original, look up the arcade flyer if you want to see something that doesn't look anything like Sean Astin. Anyway, the the old man uh, was the gatekeeper of warp zones, and what warp zones would do is they would make things confusing by just sending you out a different door that was sometimes in a different region from the one that you'd entered the rooms in. He was just kind of key to the the whole Metroidvania travel between maps or whatever you want to call it. But anyway, he's actually. Not that interesting. What's slightly more interesting is... Number two. Now, nobody's going to get this game, I, I don't think, unless you want to try. I forgot what the top five was. Cave <laughs> <laughs> Hermans. Try I mean, to stay I know, with I know... One of my favorite bands is named after this. Uh, one of your favorite fictional bands. Yes. Clash of Demon Head? The Cla- yes. yes, Clash of Demon Head. Oh, look at that. I only got it because of Matt. <laughs> so <laughs> this is this is a very strange game. I've tried to play it several times because its fans say it's wonderful, and I've never been able to get very far without dying and rage quitting in frustration. But if you stick with it, you will eventually meet a cave hermit who has some really perplexing dialogue. He is... Guarded by a monster named Rowdy. Once you beat Rowdy, the dialogue goes like this. The main character says, I asked Facia. Facia being a fairy that you met earlier in the game. That's it. It doesn't say anything else. The hermit says, I see. I shall grant you the power of the hermit. You cannot leave this valley without micro power. Gradually, you shall gain even more powers. 
and power of the hermit. The power of the hermit. What is what is, what is stay that? Stay in you a cave. Smell, um, no. smell my balls from a mile away. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that, this is of course a mystical hermit. So the power of the hermit lets you gain several powers that include micro power, which is the ability to shrink down tiny, which you need to get out of this particular level. There is uh, teleportation, which lets you revisit parts of the map that you've already been to. There is flight, healing, and invincibility. And uh, the, the hermit, he has repeated usage. Uh, it comes up again toward the end of the game when he tells you how to use a, a stone to get a, the, the ultimate weapon. And uh, Bang, the main character, goes to him and says, Hermit! Demon is loose! And the hermit says, What? I still can't move. First, you got to get the magic stone and... Oh, I've got it! Listen, go to Route 40 and use the magic stone over the statue's chest. The sword of Apollo will come out. And the hero says, so that's how I can win. Thank you. <laughs> Do you have to be like in a fantasy setting to have this like hermits in a cave? Oh, type, this is like, a sci-fi setting. Oh, it is. Okay. <laughs> yeah, so it makes even less sense. <laughs> but gener- generally, yes. Yeah, your main character has the power of alliteration because mm-hmm. his name is Billy Big Bang Blitz. Yep. Or just or Bang he, for short. He's 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 a very anime character. Also, I'm happy. It's a strange to report. I just googled Clash of Demon Head and Brie Larson singing is the first couple results. So Hell like, yeah, it's Hell yeah, dude. incredible. This movie that apparently no one likes or wants to do anything with uh, has overtaken the game. It made a single reference to. <laughs> Did Jesus. you see that? Uh, I think it was Amazon Music released the Brie Larson version of that track for you. Yeah, to I think to I heard that. Music? Yeah, the it's, it's awesome. Version. Like I. I don't know. Having listened to them back to back, I'm like, oh yeah, the one by the real band is certainly more musical. By metric, yeah. Mm-hmm. But but it's but it's also like so iconic. Like that scene, you're like, yeah, I want to hear the Brie Larson version. It's kind of different. Yeah. It's done by a successful musician and not one that's trying to be a successful musician. Sure. Oh, yeah. wait, wait, who are we talking about? Brie Larson. She she used to be she she, she did. had like she, two singles, I, I believe. She yeah, did. She, she has some really silly music videos. Oh my. Yeah. Under her real name, Brie Larson. You have to look these up. Um, well, since I have clips of the other hermits talking, I'll just play this as well. (laughs) This is the hermit theme song, by the way. He's a very jazzy hermit. Hermit, hermit. hermit. Not not to be confused with Kermit. Hermit, hermit. We're we're going to own the 8-bit hermit SEO for this episode. (laughs) We we totally are, especially when we get to the one everybody is waiting to hear about. Come on, Robert. You got to know what you got to have some affection for this one. Nothing. Am I, am I supposed to? I mean, like I I tapped out after like forty minutes of like different sessions for like later entries in the series. Like <laughs> I, I did. I didn't grow up with this. You didn't. You didn't grow up with any Zelda affection at all. <laughs> Well, I mean, okay, this is a chance to say, though, it is weird that, like, the old hermit in the cave didn't come forward to, like, other Zelda games, right? Like, it's, like, Zelda 1 was all about these things we didn't know about, and it was, everything was mysterious, and we were kids, Mm -hmm. so we had all the time in the world to bomb literally every fucking wall on the overworld to find this guy. Typically, typically, if, 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 the things that make it in sequels are the second person you see, which is Mm -hmm. this guy, (laughs) 
this this old man. Apparently, all the old men in the original Zelda are different old men. Really? I don't know. I don't know who gets to define that. So fuck all your wikis and your stupid goddamn <laughs> Zelda articles. <'cause, laughs> They all look the same. They're just holding different stuff. Yeah. I mean, would you kind of sort of count the, the, the king at the start of Breath of the yeah, Wild as kind of sort of like a hermit's or no? Yeah. Yeah. I, 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 mean, I he, think he's, he's heavily he's inspired not in a cave. by the old man. He's okay. a ghost and he's not in a cave. He doesn't count. But I think that's what it's supposed to be calling back to. Kind mm-hmm. of the first Zelda game where you sincerely go see an old man since maybe Zelda 2, but he's not in a cave. He's, he's like sitting I, under an, a rock overhang, so it's sort of similar, but not quite the same thing. And then I believe there's a the portable games have a ton of references to this old guy, but sometimes he hurts you. <laughs> sometimes he's a rascal. Yeah. Sometimes you can gamble with him. Yeah, sometimes you can gamble with him. Sometimes, like Matt was talking about bombing every wall, there is a wall that if you bomb it and you go inside, uh, he'll say like, Pay me for the door repair charge, yeah, and then he'll <laughs> you're out twenty rupees. Um, hey, what the hell? That's that's perfectly good localization. Wonderful. Yeah, and uh, yeah, there there. I think I never thought of them this way, but I did see people saying like, "Oh, the old man reappears in Adventure of Link in, in the towns, teaching you spells." It's like I always just thought those were old wizards. I never thought they were linked to the old man in the cave. Um, who, by Sounds the way, reaching, yeah, yeah. If if you if you stab the old man in the cave, uh, his torches will shoot fireballs at you and yes. uh, make you not want to hang around. So try not to do that. Um, and and yeah, and I think that like in Oracle of Seasons and Ages, there are also old cavemen who, yeah. who will pop up and give you things. So uh, <laughs> yeah, that's been our terrible terrible list of eight bit cave hermits. Yeah, it's, but just this is fun because it's like the second human you meet in the first Zelda game, and it's just. They kind of drop this entire atmosphere. Like, we, old guys in caves are creepy. Yeah. <laughs> you don't want to see that. And I also want to see if it's just me. So I I keep getting these two themes kind of mixed up in my head. So this is the Zelda dungeon music. Um, Sounds just like the Friday the 13th game. And this is the Goonies 2 Tunnels Caves music. Oh, yeah. yeah! It just sounds like a slower version of the Zelda uh, woo, woo, theme. I, I think the Friday the Thirteenth game also has a very similar theme. Like it's burning yeah. in my memory somehow. Yeah, I think you're right. I should probably pull that up. Really, it's like a refrain of four notes. Like close the segment with it. Uh, anyway, that's been our cave hermits. I knew I would bring it in well under an hour, Chris. So, I had no, I, I had, I had no faith in you, but congratulations. Here, I, I mean, you still stretched it twice as long as I thought. <laughs> so this probably was, needed to be. The idea was the most Poor excited Robert's about. Miserable. <laughs> I would have had the. Yeah, under. I'm, I'm just I fascinated. Like, like, like I said, you just say random garbage and be like, "All right, cool, dudes." I mean, like you guys are all much older than me and have actual nostalgia for this, and I'm like. All right. Yeah, I, I have to, like, for me, yeah, this cool. would be if, like, somebody pulled me on a show and made me listen to, you know, half an hour's talk about Atari 2600 games. Like, I, <laughs> I'm aware of those. I never liked them. Yeah, I'd still be I'd still be fascinated by us, I think. Hmm. <laughs> if I was listening to us talk about Atari 2600. Surely, surely it's like it's the, the kids that must be wrong. 
It's like, it's like you're just somebody trying to sit me down and talk about the Dick Van Dyke show and how important it is. It's like, okay, that's oh, nice. But, created by Carl right. Reiner and starring Dick Van Lesbian and Mary Tyler Moore. It, it's <laughs> fuck, a, 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 a television staple. You got to respect it. I, I don't know anything about the Dick Van Dyke show. He trips over stuff. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's, I know the, the Dead Milkman had a song about it. Maury Amsterdam could make a sane man crazy. Maury Amsterdam could make a nice guy kill. Okay, okay. We are driving everyone off. Yes, all right. Let's take a break. Um, When we come back, we will get into some actual games that were made in the last 30 years. Uh, (laughs) Some of them this week, in fact. And some news and some other stuff, so stay tuned. It's dangerous to go alone. Take this! Thanks, old man. That is really very nice. I can always count on you for help and friendly advice. Though I've never seen a sword of quite that shape or size. Oh, God, that's not a sword. It's your dick in disguise. Yes, I can lie. I have painted my shoes. Now grab your destiny. Get scratching. Would you like exclusive bonus podcast commentaries and more from the Laser Time crew? Then we strongly encourage you to support this show on patreon.com slash laser time. It supports not only this show, but all the rest of the Laser Time Network. You'll get commentaries, play games with the hosts, see exclusive videos first, and receive an uncut weekly ad-free podcast bonus time. Speaking of which, here's a quick taste. Yeah. Olestra. We were just having that conversation because my girl is a little younger. She's like, you ever hear about Olestra and Anal Leak? She's like, yes. But it's not exactly. Yeah, we lived through the 90s. Yeah, it's not exactly what you think because, like, whatever sugar and fat substitute is in everything else does the exact same thing. Just like Mm -hmm. Michael said, people weren't conditioned to, like, no, this didn't mean to go hog wild in your stupid O'Boises. Or whatever. Yeah. Let me pop open a Crystal Pepsi and tell you about the 90s. <laughs> yeah, well, it, it's sort of like, you know, prunes are unpopular because everybody thinks like, oh, you bite into a prune, you'll get instant explosive diarrhea. <laughs> I wish okay. that was the case. No, it's just, it's just fiber, man. I it's, wish yeah. that was the case. That, to me, is still a good bowel movement, instant diarrhea. Yeah. <laughs> so whatever gets it out for the day. Uh, but yeah, sure. whatever else, because remember, like, a couple years ago, like, man, have you guys seen what happens if you eat a a pound of these fat-free gummy bears you totally shit yourself i'm like yes yes you, you just will, ate a pound of gummy yeah bears. it's yeah. like yes that this will absolutely happen if you eat a pound of mostly anything yeah i don't want to wish that on anyone but you eat, deserve eat a, it eat a, eat a pound of a crab watch what happens to your asshole it'll be astonishing we'll all back up and line up around you like it's fireworks it'll be yeah, the crab will just become reconstituted <laughs> and, and your your ass and then just we'll, we'll snip at you Get Bonus Time, a weekly uncensored and commercial-free podcast every Tuesday, starting for just $5 on Patreon.com slash LazerTime. And welcome back to our final segment. Now that we've alienated absolutely everyone under the age of 40, it's time to get into... Monster Hunter Stories 2 Wings of Ruin is probably the... The big release this week. Uh, did anyone get a chance to play any of that? Yes. What do you think? Is it's like a, an RPG with turn-based battles? Or yeah, I, I don't want to. Uh, probably stupid to call it Pokemon. No, other people meets, have called it that. Monster Hunter Pokemon. Is, me, uh, there's like an egg hatching thing to it. It's all, it's all not as uh, a complicated a uh, combat system, but the, the idea that like instead of 
uh, exclusively <laughs> defeating monsters and tearing apart their body and using them to make your clothes. You are recruit. You are finding them and recruiting them to fight along with you. Ride them. Do a do a, a what is it called? Kinship attacks with them. Um, I didn't play the first one, and from everything I read, you don't really need to, even though it is a direct follow up to that story. I I I liked it the more I played it, but like <laughs> it also had what Monster Hunter does not. Long, unskippable cutscenes with lots oh. of dialogue, oh, and uh, it, but but it's 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 supposed to be an RPG, and um, that's and like I, I, every once in a while, I'm pretty cool with a nice turn-based RPG, and this has some really great mechanics. Um, weirdly, I think the look of it, which is much more uh, cartoon cartoonishly stylized, if you I'm speaking to a very small demographic of our audience, if you really love RPGs. Look at you, maybe Robert, who you were just talking about Dragon Quest, um, and you wanted to get into Monster Hunter. I thought you, t- I thought you, what? <laughs> that's all. That's all. TL and Brendan, and I, oh, I, I'm, oh. I'm, I'm firmly not into that game. <laughs> oh, I thought you made a reference to it earlier in the show, but I guess it wasn't necessarily because you liked it. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, if you if you're a turn-based RPG fan and you wanted to get into Monster Hunter, its tutorial is technically better, and its battle system does take some of the fundamentals and. Uh, of Monster Hunter's gameplay, and in terms of like uh, things are weak to certain things, you can see their tells. Monster get ain't get angry. You can break off pieces of them to then combine with other things. A lot of item collection. It is a kind of a much better tutorial than most Monster Hunters have really offered because it's it's very streamlined and. Uh, uh, I don't want to say a more Western approach. Monster Hunter's had a lot of hangups with getting people into the games, and it's it's something I try and recognize. Even though, like, I get it now, I can see, I can instantly enjoy any Monster Hunter. But I know it's 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 joy is hidden behind layers of um, menus and systems, and this has a much better way of breaking that down. And uh, the learning curve isn't the same because it's turn based, and you can <laughs> you can literally take your time. You're not just going to get annihilated by one hit from a monster. But yeah, other than that, like it, it's, I, I've always appreciated. If you know me and listen to the show for a while, I've always appreciated Monster Hunter's relative lack of story, and it's all fucking gameplay all the time. Gameplay, gameplay, gameplay. If there are dialogue boxes open and the text doesn't have color to it, you don't need to pay attention to it. Just boom, 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 cycle through it. Boom, boom, boom. Uh, my favorite Monster Hunter uh, dialogue thus far before this game was, hey. like there's there's never been much much for dialogue until some recent games but um yeah it's a a weird spinoff and a semi-complicated one and speaking of you know getting ahead of the news i just i did notice like man a wildly different frame rate from docked to undocked really Um, yeah because it was gorgeous undocked it really was like it, it moved very 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 pretty for for a game that's you know I don't want to say to <laughs> I don't want to slander it by saying a simple turn-based RPG, but it's it's really pretty, and uh, then it kind of moves a little differently once I talk to my Switch. But I have a launch Wait, Switch. Shouldn't it be the opposite? Doesn't the dock make the Switch more powerful? Yeah, you got you got me. I mean, supposedly, um, I don't care. All I care about is an OLED screen. So I <laughs> yeah don't care about frame rate at all. Now you're jumping. <laughs> in. Well, speaking of games that are also great on Switch, uh, did you get a chance to play more Doki Doki Literature Club Plus, oh boy. Uh, which came out last week? 
and got into the side stories, and I feel like I should tell people a little bit about, like, okay, if you... There's the question. If I've already played Doki Doki Literature Club Plus, is it worth... Or or if I've already played the original, is it worth getting into Plus? And uh, how do the console versions handle some of the weird stuff that you do on the PC version? Not to get too spoilery. But uh, answer to both of those questions is the new content is six, actually seven side stories that you could go through. And you can go through them in pretty much any order, but there is a definite order that they happen in, that they unfold in. Uh, it is, if you are hoping for an experience similar to the main game, it is not that. It is, if you are very invested in these characters, you can go through a prequel story about how the literature club came together. Nothing oh. weird happens. All of the uh, the conflicts are just about these four girls learning to get along with each other and appreciate each other's different tastes. Sometimes the language sounds a bit like something that came out of sensitivity training, like, oh, I need to be more <laughs> sensitive to her needs and uh, respect her boundaries, that sort of, uh, to be a good friend, that sort of thing. It, um, it's all the stuff I didn't like about Doki Doki literature. <laughs> so <laughs> to get a better, better paced game, you have to get the free version, is, is what you're saying at this I, point. I don't, th- I don't think that, is it, is it free? Is the original one free? I, I remember Doki Doki maybe being free. I got it? it free on Steam. I didn't know if that was a limited time promo or not, but that's, hmm. that's the one I've maybe. played through. And yeah, what I've said on the show before is like, the game starts as a very traditional visual novel, and then stuff happens that's way more mm-hmm. interesting and compelling. Like the, the twist, visual yeah. novel stuff is. Yeah. It sucks. It's just like, oh, I'm going to okay. sit here and see a 2D drawing of someone talk in speech bubbles and without any voice over anything for like 20 minutes. And the side stories are all that. There is no there's yeah. no breaks for gameplay. You're not composing any poems. It is just watching the story unfold in dialogue. So I, I did look it up. It is free. Um, okay. On top of that, um, I had issues with, with the originals um, pacing and getting to that point because I kind of knew that there, there was something hinky and there a was a twist, twist going yeah, on. A twist. But it, it took like at least an hour to get to like some hints or like any anything to resemble a, a, a twist because yeah. I was playing it straight for a good while. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you're, you're expecting like, oh, first 20 minutes, they're going to start messing with you. It's like, no, mm, no, no. It takes no. a while. It's a, it's a slow burn. But once it gets going, oh, man. What a burn. Uh, but the, the the rest of it is, as you're completing these side stories and all the rest of the content, you will unlock uh, images that you can use as, like, desktop patterns in the fake Windows interface that exists in the console version. So if, you, if, you, if you're playing the oh. game normally, you go to Exit DDLC, and then it will pull up this uh, Windows interface from, like, Metaverse Incorporated. And so you can you can browse the quote unquote files of the game. You can uh, you know go and look for for hidden text documents that might hint at something. And the more you complete it, you will the more you will unlock like this series of strange emails from the quote unquote developers of the game uh, that that uh, unlock in reverse chronological order. So like beginning and you get the first email that's stated like. December 9th, 2019, and the last one is December 5th, 2019. And they, they kind of tell, hint at things going on behind the scenes. It's like a game within a game sort of metafiction, but, uh, I don't know. Your, your mileage may vary. Like, again, you, I, th- I think you need to be pretty invested in these characters and this, 
this scenario if, if you want to just get into all this stuff. Best case scenario, um, pay for the game and then just play the free version of it. Mm. Yeah, the well, like the the core game is still the same, and it's still, in my opinion, okay. quite good. Um, yeah, but anyway, yeah, there's, there's very very few things like that core game for sure. Yeah, yeah, and uh, another game that I super enjoy came to next gen and Switch this week: A Plague Tale Innocence, mm. where you play in it's in medieval France, and you are playing as a teenage girl who has to run from an Inquisition with her little brother. Uh, while you are dodging not only uh, evil people who want to kill you, but also uh, swarms of rats that are absolutely terrifying and devour everything in their path. Uh, it is, in my opinion, an absolutely fantastic game with a brilliant uh, payoff final act uh, that makes me gets me really excited for the sequel that we saw. I believe it's still on Game Pass on mm -hmm. Xbox, and then if you are a Plus subscriber, that's one of your free games on PS5 this month, so no excuse I, to yeah, check it out. I had intentions of playing it um, on Game Pass, but then eventually it was out of Game Pass, and it, yeah. and it moved on to Plus, so I, I might be just be console Game Pass, is what I'm seeing. Yeah, the, prob yeah, the problem with this Plus version, it's, it's the thing Sony's doing now where one plus game is PS5 only. Um, it doesn't give you the PS4 version. So, but as we've said before on the show, even if you don't currently own a PS5, you probably will in the future. So just add it to your account. You know, well, just go somebody, grab it. Somebody yeah, said you can't actually do that if you don't have a PS5. No, you can. I was can doing you? it before I got a PS5. Yeah, you, you just go to the web shop and uh, you, okay. you log in. But you can't, you for example, account. do it through your PS4. That would be cheating. Yeah, yeah, it, it's yeah. exactly how you you get those free Epic Game Store games. Mm. You just go to the, go to the storefronts on, like on the web portal and then get it. Do you guys actually get those games via your console? Because I have been using the web portals for years, like or even oh, yeah. like now yeah. that their mobile apps really. are pretty good about shopping the stores now. You just go oh, add it to my account. Okay, done. I it's all. I never play me. this game. Uh, well, speaking of things that are free, especially if you have uh, Xbox Game Pass Ultimate. Uh, Space Jam: A New Legacy, the game, is is out this week for for Game Pass Ultimate subscribers. It'll be out as a general release June fifteenth, I believe. I, it's... I'm literally the only person jealous. I can't play this. Uh, <laughs> it's it's fun. Well, that's I, I, that's the weird little secret. I, I, we streamed the Space Jam PS One game, thinking it like this is going to be a real shit show, and like nah, it's just kind of a well animated NBA Jam clone. Yeah, this is not a basketball game. It's a it's a beat 'em up. Yep. Oh, it, it reminds me a lot of that free beat 'em up they released before Final Fantasy 15, and very much this is like an huh. advert game. But it's it's a well done advert game. Although I I was just noodling around with it, and it's weird because it's it's a retro. It's like has this retro theme, like it's it's eight bit looking or maybe sixteen bit, but like does certain things in a very modern way. Like the VO is all just like full sample. Like it's not like they don't muffle it to make it sound like it's coming from an NES or anything. And and oh, the thing that really threw me is when I started up the game real quickly on the screen, it's like uh, logging in. It logs into servers. And I'm like, why am I logging into servers with this 8-bit eight eight beat-em-up game? Like what is – why would I possibly – and then I realized, oh, it's because it has online co-op. Mm, so yes. it's got some like modern flair to a classic. I, I think I think I would call it more 16-bit or even 32-bit. It's uh, – it just, it just looks like an arcade game from the, the early 90s. Very fluidly animated. Uh, like and, and yeah, you you can play as uh, Bugs, Lola, or LeBron. LeBron, yeah. and uh, 
you know, they they all have I'm I'm guessing different attributes. I mean, it's a two button brawler, so it's it's a little hard to be sure. But uh, the neat thing is that there is a basketball that is always in play. You yeah. can uh, either if you're playing by yourself, you can just use it, or if you have a couple teammates along you can pass it to them and they can use it and it's it's a powerful weapon you can charge it up and unleash like fire attacks uh you mm-hmm. will frequently throw it off screen or lose it and tweety bird will fly it back to you and you can just pick yeah, it up yeah. again which like is pretty that neat. fucking wonderful soccer ball in Mega Man 8 sure yeah <laughs> yeah i, I do love like that, that. We it, is, play it that. is powerful <laughs> like it is worth using it's not just something you want to toss at every opportunity it's like no like this will mess up the enemies and you yeah. can you can bounce it off them directly, or Michael says if you accidentally throw it off the screen. Are those the only playable characters? Those three? Yeah. So why no? Why no? Night? Why no? Nightwalkers and uh, Clockwork Orange guys and Fred Flintstone. I've seen the trailer. <laughs> mm-hmm. This is gonna get crazy. They have to pay more, pay themselves more to get that into a into a video game. It has a couple things that are different than your typical beat 'em up. In addition to the ball system, which I think is kind of cool and unique, and and it is powerful, it's like it's strong attack, so use it. They have this card system where you can, like, when you go to choose your character, you can choose one of the Looney Tunes cards that I think if I don't know if it's any time or if you have to trigger something, I, but when you press Y, I was running around the screen because I had chosen uh, the Roadrunner as as my power up, and and like LeBron just gets like ultra fast and stuff. So there's like. Looney Tunes powers you can map to yeah. that. Like I think there's a Tasmanian Devil one. If you're wondering why I care so much about this, I just like to point out I am wearing the character matches mentioned on. Yes, my this is true. Me me. Uh, uh, Taz is like triggers a rampage. Uh, Granny gives you health. Um, so yeah. Oh great! Now Chris is holding up a sign now with the rest of the show. He's not going to yeah. talk anymore. He's I just have a, up yeah. I bought a piece of June Foray's ashes. Here it is, everyone. <laughs> Here. <laughs> Gross. He's gonna do the Le- LeBron thing and then just like clap with his hands and throw up in the air. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> they won't get that reference. Don't even worry about it. <laughs> I got, no, it took me a second. Yeah, mm-hmm. how's it feel to make an obscure reference to LeBron James? <laughs> <laughs> I watch sports. Oh. <laughs> I'm uh, sorry, but yeah, this game's this game's great at that price. Yeah, yeah, for free, absolutely. No, it's it's a, it's a fun little brawler. I I enjoyed it. Do we know how much it's going to cost when when it's out of this little promo window? You know, I, it's weird because I was looking at the website and first I saw like, oh, it'll be available for purchase for yeah. for non-subscribers June 15th. And then I saw somewhere else on the same website saying it'll be released as a free-to-play free game from Microsoft. Did you see, were you forced to watch any trailers? No. No. Okay. Okay. Although it, it's based on the plot of the movie. Yeah. It's like a really bad looking Don Cheadle yep. like on there and very pixelated yeah I, i'm anxious to see what they charge it is it's also very interesting how they implemented this giveaway like i've never seen them do this before like so xbox game pass ultimate has this thing called perks where like you, there's like oh you'll get three months free of um spotify premium or something like that or or usually the perks are just in-game items this is the first time it's like oh one of your perks is a code for this game and you redeem the code and then it gets added to your account like it's Game Pass. Just fucking put it on Game Pass for people to redeem, right? Like, why, why so do they have to? It's a lot like Twitch thing? Prime, right? Well, yeah, it's like it's like when you go to redeem stuff on Twitch Prime. It's like, yeah, here's this code. Go over here and redeem it. And it's 
it, it was such a weird implementation of that. It's like, you're limiting this to Game Pass Ultimate subscribers. You literally have a method of distributing it to them as integrated in Game Pass. Why are you doing it? See, I, I don't even remember doing that. I just, it, but I must have because I turned on my Xbox and it's like, oh, there it is in the home screen, uh, just sitting there. So just started. Yeah. Up. Well, like if you go to Game Pass right now, it's not like in the promos for new games. You have mm. to go to that perks section to to activate mm. it. It's very strange. Interesting. Uh, another thing that came out this week, um, Watch Dogs Legion's Bloodline DLC, uh, full disclosure up front, I work for Ubisoft, uh, I have played quite a bit of it. This is, uh, it's it's a narrative-driven DLC or expansion. Uh, you play alternately as Aiden Pierce, the protagonist Ooh. of the first Watch Dogs, and oh, as Wrench, uh, the, the sidekick from Watch Dogs 2. Yay! Yay! He he is extremely fun to watch because uh, he is he's sort of an antagonist for roughly the first half of the adventure because it uh, the the story is that Aiden Pierce gets a fixer contract and he goes to London where his estranged nephew Jackson, now an adult, is living, and uh, the the contract is to steal this technology from from Broca which uh, is a company that plays a big role in Watch Dogs Legion. And uh, while, while he's there, uh, someone else is trying to steal it, and it's Wrench. And Wrench manages to get it from him and get away. And uh, Aiden is taken prisoner by this, uh, this company that wants to get its hands on this, this technology that was stolen. And they give him an ultimatum, which is you either... Find your friend, Wrench, who we think is your friend despite you guys never actually working together, and get this tech back for us, or we'll do something nasty to your nephew. And uh, it's kind of split between Aiden trying to sort of wrestle with the demons of his past and, you know, reckon he's, he's kind of like an older, mellower version of the character who was in Watch Dogs 1. He's no longer just propelled by anger. He's just now, he's got a lot of regret. And, uh, yeah, Wrench, meanwhile, is on a quest for revenge. And, uh, it, it takes some really interesting turns. And, uh, it tries to recreate and build on some of the best beats from Watch Dogs Legion. Um, one of my favorite bits, actually, there is a hallway that you walk through that is eerily reminiscent of a, uh, Konami demo that came out a few years ago for a canceled game. Uh, Talking Castlevania, about PT, Castlevania, yeah. Castlevania. But it's cool. <laughs> it's, no, yeah. I. Uh, how does it play? It, it, like, does it? It's using the same engine as Legion, so does it feel very much like Legion? Yes, in it feels of... very much like Legion. Uh, same world, same cars. The the main differences are you are not recruiting people; you are okay. just playing as these two established characters. Uh, they have their own unique guns uh aiden has a cool thing where if that you're reloading it comes up with like a little active reload meter and if you hit the button when it's in like the yellow then you'll get like uh, a limited time super powered uh shots and they're they're also robots that you have to they can take a ton of damage uh you have to make them overheat and then when they overheat they'll be briefly disabled their battery packs will pop out of their back and you'll have a short window of time in which to get around behind them and blast them with whatever you've got. I like that they acknowledge um, that Aiden can't recruit people because to recruit people, you would need charisma. <laughs> <laughs> no, actually, one thing I was reading about this is like 
Yubi has like sort of owned the internet discourse about Aiden and they've incorporated that into the character, like realizing like, oh, I'm this bitter asshole that nobody likes. Like that's a little bit on display here. They should have went farther and just made you only play as Wrench and just have Aiden be like the like antagonist at first. So you can see like, oh yeah, he's still a dick. He's still yeah, it's like, oh, him. I don't, you know, I heard about you. you. You killed a bunch of people for no good reason. And then eventually you see the softer side, and then eventually mm-hmm. you have that kinship. Yeah, I don't know. It just like it, it just doesn't sound enticing. It's like I didn't want to play Watch Dogs one, even though I love Chicago and I want to see what what, what they what they represented. But just 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 hearing like the discourse around Aiden Pierce is like ah. I mean, That's I, interesting eh. just because I like Legion quite a bit, yeah. and I'd rather play a- as Aiden in Legion than than the I'm, original. And I, I like what they do with the character. They do some interesting things. Better handle this time, yeah, yeah, and yeah. and yeah. Wrench also it, it kind of makes the point like you you play this like you know impish prankster, but like your actions do have consequences. Like at the beginning of the game, he he uh, knocks Aiden off of his drone using a stun bomb. And he's like, oh, it's harmless. And it's like, well, no, a piece of shrapnel from it lodges near Aiden's heart and uh, almost kills him. <laughs> and so he has to, he's actually saved by the bad guys. But, but yeah, and, and yeah, it's sort of like, you know, Wrench is getting older and uh, it, the, the act is less cute now that he's, you know, 15 years older than he was in Watch Dogs 2. <laughs> and, you know, you'll find like a bunch of voice messages from Marcus Saying like, "Oh, hey, uh, Reggie, I hear, I hear there've been, uh, I'm hearing stories, some chatter on the net about Wrench again. What's going on? Talk to me, like, because he had put the Wrench identity aside for a long time, I guess. So, yeah, it's interesting. Uh, anyway, that about does it for new releases. So let's move along to." What did we call that? Clickish? I think the new sound is saying terrible, terrible things. Yes, yeah. I think I think you're right. Mm-hmm. I think you're right. Yeah. It's being dickish in clickish. Oh, that's a, that's a good lead in for this uh, switch news. Man, okay, um, yeah, you know, right off the bat, we're just starting with a big, huge news on that thing you guys have all been waiting for. The new, the Nintendo Switch Pro was finally announced, and. It is nothing what you guys thought. Have you guys not been paying attention to Nintendo? So what it is, here, I'm going to start with what it is first, and please hold off on, we'll talk about what it's not after that, because I I do think there's some confusion out there as to what this thing actually is. So it's called the mm-hmm. Nintendo Switch OLED version. Um, OLED! It's coming, it's coming October 8th for $350, so what, 50 more than your typical Three, Switch. Yeah. It has a larger 7-inch OLED screen compared to 6.2-inch on the standard Switch model. I didn't even bother to pull the light stats. Um, but it does come with twice as much internal memory. Still only 64 gigabytes, but that's better than 32. Uh, and then the dock has a built-in wired LAN port, something people have been asking for on Switch. Probably what Smash players mostly asking for that. Mm-hmm. Um, in terms of specs, it, what's amazing is they've they've added the bigger screen and stuff. With barely any trade-offs, so it's it's um, 0.93 pounds compared to 0.88, so almost no change there. In terms of the dimensions, it's it's the almost same. identical, except for it's 0.1 inch mm. thicker or, or longer. It's 0.1 inch longer than 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 their standard model. To it to its credit, it, it it's supposed to work with every other 
existing piece of Switch hardware right now. It, right. Um, it, it's it's in white. I don't. I think it comes in just black and white. Or it's no, it's white, white yeah. or the red and blue. There's no black uh, variety in this, or the gray. There's no gray. Um, one thing that's kind of cool, bigger screen, but because it's OLED, OLED I think uses less energy. Yeah, the yes. battery life's identical to the last version, so it's not like you're getting a shorter more than, battery. More than likely better. Uh, no, no, this is all from Nintendo's site. They're listing I know. I, the battery I, I, don't, stats. I don't think it's, it's significant, significantly mm. better, but every OLED is more power conservative than an LED screen across the board. Right, but it's bigger, so it could be using more, right? So, uh, and then a new kickstand for those of you that complained yeah. about that weird hoop. I've never played mine in kickstand. I have, like, I have one place that? on a plane, but yeah, hmm. uh, yeah, I think this is tremendous news for certain types of people who aren't necessarily me because I don't undock my switch ever because I don't go anywhere. <laughs> F- Ever well, and haven't for some time, like most Americans. That leads into some of the stuff this doesn't have. So Chris mentioned it uses all the same accessories, meaning the same Joy-Cons, meaning Joy-Con drift is still a thing or going to be is a it? thing. I, I was hoping they read imagine. that out of the control. Yeah, newer ones probably don't have that same issue, but I I don't know. I I, I have not ever heard like seen a story that's like oh they fixed not, it. Not terribly clear. Hmm. Yeah, um, but I think you guys are people were more disappointed based on what they were expecting to get versus what they actually got, which this is the thing long rumored. Everyone's like, oh, it's their 4K console. This is mm-hmm. uh, like, I think, was it Newsweek or was it Bloomberg that ran the story earlier this year um, that the new model is, would have uh, we would have the 7-inch OLED, so they got that part right. Uh, a faster Tegra chip from NVIDIA, which did not happen. Um, capable of outputting at 4K only in dock mode, which did not happen. Um, and then, yeah, Nintendo came back and said, no, no, this new one doesn't have any of that. It's no new CPU, you know, same amount of RAM, uh, everything as the previous models other than this OLED screen, which a lot of people were like, oh my God, I can't believe Nintendo, you know, beating switch. And I'm like, I, I love watching grown men get this angry over a thing. I can't buy this. Like you can buy it, but I don't want it. Don't buy it. Ah! Right. <laughs> so everyone was anyway. like pointing to the new 3ds. Like they should have done a new 3ds. And I'm like, I just point to the 3ds XL and say that happened first. Like, yeah. do you, do you like, forget, uh, there, like there was never Nintendo any does? hardware upgrades to any of the successive models of Nintendo portables. Which, for in lieu of a real one, that's what this is. Well, I mean, I, I'm not going to ridicule anyone for being disappointed that this isn't a 4K thing because, I mean, if it, if it were just baseless speculating on the internet, I would say, ha ha, yeah, why did you think that? But this was being reported by serious analysts and reporters who are credible and saying that there are sources within the company that are like, oh, yeah, it's it's more than just a rumor. This is something that's being prepped. So I can understand their disappointment when this came totally. out and that wasn't what you know, it was, was going to be. This is the rumor that is now going around that I actually think sounds pretty plausible is a lot of people were saying Nintendo probably did want to have a 4k version in the works, but it relied mm-hmm. on new chips, which right. we are still having a huge global chip shortage. Mm-hmm. They're probably sitting on a shit ton of the previous switch chips. You know, like they, they probably have those in storage and stuff as they make new consoles where they're like, we can't wait any longer on chips. We just got to go out with this. If like, if there is a 4k thing with a new chip, that's well, we got to get out of this chip shortage first for them yeah, to be able that, to to make an, enough units. Entirely know? likely, yeah. It's 
I, I don't know, like the, the way with like Nintendo acts and reacts to like trends, they're always like ten years late to like everything. It feels like. Yeah, but they admit be, to it. They they admit right. to it. They are one of the most conservative companies in gaming, and they straight up say like the tech doesn't decide the games. The games dictate the tech. And right now, the games they want to make don't need 4K or any of that stuff. They still look great, so they they don't need to chase I think all those they could trends. You know, benefit because the the deep irony for me here is is that like what I wanted from a new Switch was something that didn't look like shit on my OLED. <laughs> <laughs> and then they just mock me with this Switch OLED uh, because it, it does look like shit. As, as all the both my other consoles, which are last gen, moved into the 4K era, uh, this this also sends a message that like I never get tired of pointing out the Switch is four years in and now not a price drop, a price increase. Uh, <laughs> there's it's never dropped in price, and the Switch is probably going to be around for a long, yeah. long yeah. 3D yeah. like. DS amount of time. This is a platform that is essentially a portable version of hardware that uh, is comparable to what came out in 2005. I, I, I guess, but I was reading something, I think on PC Gamer, that like it's still... They had some optimistic t take on it where like this is telling portable PC devices that are trying to be like the Switch that they have to step their fucking game up because they're super fucking expensive and can't do what this device is now doing, which mm. is an OLED display for $350. That's typically in the PC world, a portable touchscreen PC that you can play games on is like five to $800. And so like, yeah, it'd be interesting to see competition from PC makers, like get my steam account on something portable. Or you yeah. can just do X cloud with Microsoft and this just, you know, true. throw it on your like 10 year old iPad and somehow it works flawlessly. Yeah, this is true. I'd, I'd still always prefer, prefer to have the stuff with me just because, like, I... Is anybody else having, like, incredibly unstable connections as of late? I am in Hurricane. They're tropical storm territory. But, um, yeah, I just can't trust my internet anymore. And uh, and still don't. But, like, yeah, I think, like everyone else, I think we all wanted to see um, our existing game library get beefed up a little bit. Yeah. And that would be... True. The, but... That happen, though, like... Like the assets on those discs on the Switch are like in 1080p. Like the no, developers no, have to go the, back there's, and there's, find there's, source assets. No, there are there are performance problems on the Switch that better hardware would like even slightly better hardware would improve. Oh, I mean, yeah, you're and, talking frame rates and stuff, absolutely. But if you're saying and, like and, they're going to and be resolution in 4K. because they they don't they don't cap Switch games run at wildly different frame rate or uh, resolutions depending on what the system is capable of outputting because it's not very well powered. Uh, I don't ever want to have to see the word ninety p nine hundred p on the back of a box again. I, I just yeah, but they, <laughs> don't. They would see be that. capped at ten eighty p because that's all the system can output, which it, which it mostly can't. But it does for it depends on the game, and even even to get a uh, uh, even to get a ten eighty sig uh, what would you call it a consistent ten eighty p thirty frames a second out of the switch at this point would be an improvement. Um, but we don't have that. While all the other games are like moving into the 120 frame a second territory, all the other systems are moving into 120 frame a second territory with 4K gameplay. It it's the Wii all over again. Like by the time the system is over, these things are going to be in so many goodwills because people are going to resent how ugly this system looks compared to every other. Uh, and I'm, I'm again, I'm not mad about the news. I'm really not because yeah. like I, my, I was just like, oh, I don't have to buy a Switch. Yes. <laughs> oh, $350. I can... Well, yeah. And I think if you don't have a Switch, 
that's where I would maybe sit and, and ponder this. Like, should I get the 350 OLED one or the standard one? You know, it's like if you're new to the ecosystem, it is a valid option for you to choose. It's not like it's like they're yeah. making this thing that no one will want, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Your your, PS, your PSP and your iPhones are operating on OLEDs for the most part. And you can right. see they look significantly better. But to the people, like, pointing out that, like, oh, well, the, the Switch is so long in the tooth, I was waiting for a new model. Like, I would just point to look at how long last gen was from yes. Microsoft and Sony. Now consider mm-hmm. how much more conservative Nintendo is than even those companies. And you see, like, oh, no, they are in this Switch thing for the long haul. Like, this is a, this is a very yeah, yeah, Game just, Boy life cycle. <laughs> like, I, yeah. I can't remember when I got the PS4 Pro, but it was it was it this, maybe the same year I got the Switch? I can't remember. PS4 but Pro like, was like six, 2016, maybe, wasn't it? Or? So, so that puts Nintendo right now five years behind the 4K gaming <laughs> revolution. So if you get a, one next year, they'll be six years behind, which would still be an improvement for Nintendo. <laughs> six but years even so, behind. Like, does every game have the ability to do 4K at this point? Not um, every game does that. Yeah, but they, they, every game can upsample. Um. Depending okay. on what how, how Nintendo wants yeah. to build that out, like a bunch of Microsoft games got even updates to to guarantee they did that and perform in 4K mode. And that's what again, if I, I said it on some podcasts, I started replaying Breath of the Wild recently, and like, yeah, you can see like it's the gap in console layers. It's been a minute. It, it it doesn't look like a like a normal game you'd buy today, and that's a shame because it's one of the best games ever made. And all, all it would take is. Uh, yeah, a little bit of remastering, not even remastering, just like an update file and better hardware. And it would once again take the place as the best game available on any console, which it still sort of is. Anyway, well, sorry. you can wait 10 years until they um, re-release it um, for $10 more on mm. the next system then. Yes, True. in 4K. You'll get it in 4K. Exactly. Everyone yeah. else will be on 8K, but they'll be back on 4K. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, you know when it finally happens... They're gonna pay Charles Martinet to say it, and that's what I'm most excited about. 4K, <laughs> <laughs> Super Mario 4K. So yeah, new new Nintendo platform or console, but just an incremental hardware revision. It's not a new thing. Mm. So, yeah. And it, it just feels like since we got the PlayStation 4 Pro and the Xbox Xbox, oh my god, like One X and One, one X, S, and Series X, mm-hmm. like yeah. the, the the interim consoles. Like mm. it, it feels like the. the PlayStation and Microsoft kind of spoiled us a, a, a bit and kind of yeah. broke our brains thinking it's like, oh yeah, like Nintendo's, Nintendo's going to follow suit with something equally as big as their interim, interim console. But no, like they don't care. <laughs> they're they're going to put out like their, their equivalent of the DSi because they already have the DS lights and, and the Switch lights. But those two platforms are these rare exemption exceptions to a rule. Like typically mid-cycle hardware upgrades are always spectacular failures like the dsi like the the new 3ds like eight games took advantage of it the reason sony and microsoft were able to do it is they were supporting their developers and ensuring that like no no like microsoft was saying you your game has to still run on the base units and and so was Mm. sony like like but typically it ends up being a clusterfuck like the new 3ds where it's like uh does this game run on my base platform i don't know and then it's up to nintendo Uh to communicate that like that shit is always bad. Michael and I were trying to think how long, how far back we could think of that stuff. And he, he thought of like, Intellivision had like a yep. voice cart or something <laughs> like did. that. And it's just like, Intellivoice. 
But it's it's just never worked, right? Think of like the N sixty four expansion pack, yeah, right? Like, that's what I was, I, I think of. Or like um yeah, with the the Saturn getting Street Fighter versus X Men in Japan, but not the US. And I remember journalists saying like, well, they probably don't want to bring it over because people need to buy the RAM pack, then they need to uh, that'll split the the user base. It's like mm, Nintendo did the same thing. Come on, yeah. Yeah, they packed I mean, it in with something. You just got to be honest and it's like, well, of the three consoles, which one is more geared towards the younger audience who is going to understand, like, what the fuck? Like, why do we need a, a, a new Tegra trip? Yeah. yeah. Well, the, yeah. The, like, yeah. you know who Nintendo's real audience is? Parents. Parents who don't want to spend a yeah. shit ton of money on yeah. hardware. Like, and, and they the ideal is the handheld only version that most parents are buying their kids. Like, I, I would bet that's... Like one of the, I, I I wonder if that outsells the base version or not. Like, do you think the light? It's, it's does the better? only one that's been available consistently throughout the year. So I, <laughs> yeah. this year probably. Yeah, but I mean, yeah, it's it's like for two hundred dollar investment, you got a thing your kid can hold on to. Like, I I still always recommend like advise against it. I don't. I know I know a ton of people who have who like their Switch Lite. It's just like it's nice to have the option to do things and it's just bizarre to me it lacks the option entirely and that's another that's a weird example of a mid-cycle downgrade because Mm -hmm. the light doesn't play many games that the regular switch plays yeah yeah motion controls can't be done um and oh and that was another thing um the if you want the dock for the oled you can buy that for 60 bucks. Yeah, separately. Yeah, if you really want that LAN port on your dock. So. If you really want to get um, to ensure your online Nintendo gameplay gets you communication errors faster. Because right. um, <laughs> you, you, <laughs> this, this is not going to fix any of the games that have been a problem You, you could online. say it's for download speeds, but their games aren't even that big. Like the, yeah, the actual Yeah, yeah I think what was, the last one I downloaded was like 8 gigs. It was astonishing. Yeah. And, and the, the the other aspect about this too is it's like well the Nintendo already had like a like a quasi LAN um, attachments for the Switch where you just plug into the USB it's like oh right. yeah here's the Ethernet port I don't play anything online oh I was playing Mario <laughs> Golf online what up oh um well what up is there's a new RoboCop game <sighs> coming from the Terminator Resistance developer. Uh, this is Taeon Studios, who also did the 2014 Rambo game. Um, if you oh forget boy. about those games, Rambo had a 34, <laughs> or has a 34 on Metacritic, and Terminator, hey, it gets better. Yeah. Holding at a 61, so they're getting, you know, maybe this will go 90. This will jump up another 30 and be a was, 90s was the, Metacritic. The Terminator no. game a rail shooter? I don't even remember that game. I, mm, I do remember no. the Rambo game. I I vaguely remember it from, from, from a random video I, I watched it played. It was... It was kind of like a narrative kind of like shooter, mm-hmm. more like it, it did have a had a story that was set in the Terminator universe in the future. Shoot the glowing orange objects to de- <laughs> decimate so, so the enemy. So this one is the story of the movie. It's RoboCop Rogue City, by the way, is the name. It takes place in Detroit. Yeah. It's not launching till 2023 on console and PC, so we have a ways off. But you get to play as Alex Murphy. Uh, and then according to the publisher, it's a faithful, it's faithful to the original IP. It has you saving the city of Detroit from criminals and crooked corporations in a first person action adventure setting. So first person. Okay. Yeah, so I, 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 I heard person. rogue. So you, you got to think of it as, so it's kind of like a quasi roguelike where like if you die, then Ooh. you just get rebuilt again. Huh. Ooh, I don't, that'd, be, that, that'd be cool. That might be too ambitious for this game, maybe. Yeah. 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 This is this maybe. game 
probably won't be the best, but <laughs> I, I keep yelling it. I am, I am dying for a great RoboCop game where nine tenths of the game is this like unabashed fascist bloodbath of like indiscriminate killing from RoboCop, where the last last part of the game is murdering Dick Jones and all the fucking OCP executives. I think that could be a fucking masterpiece like the first movie, and this mm. is going. How do you make RoboCop a fast shooter? Hmm. Yeah, even That's, in Mortal Kombat, he's a slow ass character. Yeah, <laughs> and it, looks like, like, and like someone hasn't seen the reboot movie. I have. It sucks. He's it's, faster in that movie, at least. Uh, yeah, it's 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 not good. And like, but neither is RoboCop two and three. So it doesn't. Which they're being faithful to. I have Great. a soft spot I, for two in my heart. Well, if you like three, hopefully he'll fly in the game. <laughs> I watched two again recently, and it's like, it's not that. this isn't bad, but it's like three different movies that were mashed yeah. together. Like, what? Yeah. It's, it's, and by the end of it, it's like, this is really losing the plot. Yeah, it's like written by a child. Yeah. <laughs> it, it feels... <laughs> Much like our show. Um, losing the plot, that is. Next item, we're probably going to hear a lot of nitty-gritty details about Deathloop, uh, because as you're hearing this, this would have happened yesterday, but Sony uh, had announced in advance a state of play focusing on Deathloop and then some other lesser, to the lesser extent, some other third-party titles. Um, the only reason I put this in here, because obviously we'll talk about it on next week's show, is it's so weird to think that a Microsoft Studios game is headlining a PlayStation state of play via the Bethesda deal. Yeah. As a reminder, just Deathloop is still a PS5 exclusive because Microsoft is kind of honoring that exclusivity deal that was done before they acquired Bethesda. But it's so cats and dogs living together, all that stuff. Hmm. Yeah. And it, it, I think, well, the real possible tragedy about it is who owns that IP. And if it's great and you want more of it, will that ever be a possibility? Maybe not on PlayStation. Yeah. I bet it was just a timed exclusive. I doubt it's a, a true, yeah. true exclusive. I, th I so. thought I saw something that it wasn't a timed ex exclusive, that maybe Sony put up some money for this. And, yeah, wow. I don't know. Yeah, well, yeah, if that's the case, that would screw things up. You're right. But uh, I, I kind of highly doubt that. It might be just exclusive to the console for like a half year or a year, and then you will see it everywhere else again. Well, they, it, what, it depends on what you mean by exclusive. Like, just think of Bloodborne. And that was basically like, Sony yeah. paying from to make a Dark Souls no one else can use. Well, and then so, they brought it Sony on PC published anyway. it though, right? Yeah. And that kind of cements yeah. that exclusivity. Right. Yeah, mm. yeah. I'd say the more apt example would be Street Fighter V, where mm. that is a PS5 exclusive, still published technically by Capcom, but Sony mm. and Chris doesn't have to confirm this or anything, but it always seemed like Sony had some skin in that game. You know? Yeah, it's also on PC, but yeah. And it was kind of released in, in a quasi like early access stage in, in its development mm -hmm. when it was exclusive to Sony. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. There's still a lot of content that needed to be dropped after that point. In terms of the game itself, like I'm kind of at the point with Deathloop where I get it. I like what Arcane's done. I've seen enough of their previous work where I'm like intrigued to see Deathloop, but I'm not. I don't want to tune into an event. Like I'm, I'm at the point where I'm like, no, I want to see it by playing it. Like I don't need exactly. to tune in and watch yeah. 20 minutes of this game. Like no, just you've, you've already hooked me. Yeah, dude, it's fine. I will play it in September. No worries. You already have plenty of people intrigued. I'd I'm also in a, in a like I look at Deathloop and like you know I don't have any of the systems yet, but it's uh it's like oh I'm gonna wait and see what how it looks before I buy it because Game Pass has ruined how I think about new releases. <laughs> yeah, and exclusives like uh yeah it's it's crazy to think about like 
I want to drop $60 on this or go play whatever Xbox gave me for free. <laughs> I don't know. It's so yeah. nuts. Well, especially if, to buy, to go, have to go buy a Microsoft Studios game now, right? Because you're yeah. so used to them coming to Game Pass and you look at this and you're like, there's no way this game won't be on Game Pass in two or three years. You know? It's... Yeah, maybe. 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 I don't know. I thought I was reading something to the contrary, but I could be totally wrong. And again, I'm reading some dipshit speculation. <laughs> I, I mean, a lot of that stuff expires. Like you consider that uh, in Ratchet and Clank, they have stuff from Sunset Overdrive, like which everyone thought was just straight up locked to Microsoft, and mm-hmm. like they own it. So it, there's ways to get around those deals. Did Sunset Overdrive end up on PS5 on PS4? PC? It never yeah. did. No, Sunset Overdrive never came to PlayStation. But the, the characters are in. Ratchet and Clank. They're in Ratchet Weird. and Clank now, which mm. theoretically means okay, they they can at least appear there. Yeah, they now. clearly still own the characters, but maybe not the game itself. Ugh. Ugh. Yep. It hurts to think about. Yeah. Yep. Uh, that's all the news that's fit to play. All right. Well, let's move on to the community segment, which, as always, is segmenting our community. Uh, last week's question of the week was, "What's your personal game of the year so far?" Uh, Robert, you weren't here last week. Do you have one? I do, I do. I was going to bring up something interesting, because uh, we're living in the future where um, we can pay for a new copy, um, and to play a new co- new version of The Elder Scrolls Six in a couple of years, mm-hmm. um, with being rewards points, because that's how, exactly how I'm doing that with Game Pass. And that was also what I discovered with my um, 2021 um, personal game of the year so far in um, Knockout City. Really? Oh, really? Um, I've, I've, yeah. Well, it's, it's also like more, more to the point that like I've only played um, so many, um, a handful of 2021 games. Um, my backlog is a thing, and um, I don't know. It was just something. It was just like out of nowhere, where it's just like it, it just captivated me so much because like playing like a standard multiplayer game. It's like all right, yeah, I've been there, done that before. But just like all right, a competitive dodgeball game, three on three v three. Um, it, it's, it's actually like plays really well and I get to play with, with, with friends and, you know, it's, it's, it's a, it's a live service game, which like if you want to indulge with that, it, it's there. But it just, just like the way everything handles and, and just the flow and the matches, it, it, it just all just really gelled w- with me where it's just like, like EA found another hit and another like great like, um, live service game to put in their cap along with Apex Legends. But it just really clicked with me when I when I started um, playing it um, once it was um, released onto the masses through Game Pass and uh, the the EA Play attachment to Game Pass. Right, because they did this weird release where it was a little. I had mistakenly thought they were just giving the game away for free, and what it I think it right. to was just like a week long demo. It's like no, no, you can play it this week for free, and then after that, we're going to charge you for a start week long demo. And then like if you still have like Game Pass, EA Play kind of thing, you can keep playing it. Yeah, right, 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 right. But uh, and then they offer starter packs. So yeah, exactly. I, I know a lot of people really enjoyed that thing, and yeah, it's kind of like Splatoon in that. I'm not saying the game is like Splatoon. I'm just like it's like a shooter, but with way different mechanics than a typical shooter. So there's a little bit more variety in there for you, like. That's a lot going on. Pass stuff was cool. Like I thought, like how you could build up speed by passing even yourself as a ball between Mm -hmm. teammates, and then and then go to check it at someone. Like that's that stuff's kind of cool, you know. 
Yeah, that's always fun to uh, tick off your teammates. I will say, where it's just like, all right, I'm, I'm gonna make myself into a ball right next to person, right next to a person, and then it's like, no, like I was supposed to catch that other ball that was coming right at me, and right. like now this other, no, no, damn it, now I got hit. Yeah, the game does require lots of communication for sure. But um, other, other than that, um, I have been playing a lot of Loop Hero, which um, might be my actual best of 21, 2021 um, so far. But I, I've just I just started it like three days ago. It's still very early in, in that uh, process. It's up there. It's pretty good. Well, Wisconsin Knight uh, on VigilGamePocalypse.com says, My gothy is Gnosia or Gnosia. A single-player werewolf-slash-mafia-slash-among-us-style game I played on Nintendo Switch. It is set on a spaceship where up to 15 crew members have to determine which members have been overtaken by an alien entity known as Nosia. A time loop is also involved in the infected and specialized roles switch players every time. You yourself will often have to be Nosia. I was incredibly impressed in how well such a social game was translated to a single-player visual novel... And after the dozens upon dozens of loops, each character felt like a real person who you could understand with specific tales and playstyles that could help you deduce roles. I've never played a game like this before, and it had me hooked from start to finish. Um, and then um, Meowstodon says, uh-oh, look at this, Rob. Robert, Knockout City, baby. I don't fall in love with a lot of multiplayer games, but this is a dream mix of Virtual On and Windjammers. Uh, nothing this year has been as satisfying as high-speed volleying with an opponent. Uh, don't let that ugly Fortnite aesthetic scare you away. <laughs> you see, see, I was going to go more with like Xbox Avatars look to it. Mm. Yeah, I, 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 mm. I, my first arcade experience after the pandemic was virtual on. Adam at a Pass Blaster <laughs> Padukin's arcade, they have a two-seater um, virtual on, and that was the first arcade I game. I like I've... playing that in Yakuza Kiwami too. And, I um, love that game. Yeah. Man, I fucking own in virtual on. Okay, I'm interested now. I got this. Yeah. Virtual on sold me. Thank you, Meowstodon. Yeah, I'd nice. never heard anyone make that comparison. I'm like, oh, Windjammer's virtual on. Okay, yeah, that makes <laughs> yeah, perfect right. sense now. Yeah. Uh, at Sean Taylor VO says, my game of the year so far is It Takes Two. This is the game that kept surprising me with its ever-evolving gameplay. Beautiful level design and charming characters. Don't sleep on this game. It's a love letter to co-op and gaming. Yeah. Which is why I will sleep on that game. Yes. (laughs) Fantastic Olsen Twins movie. I've made that joke before. Yeah, sure. Maybe two of us can play it together at some point. We've been doing this show for almost 10 years, and that never happens. That's true. We have never (laughs) played online with one another. We're all friends, like off mic, but we're a very specific type of friend. And we don't, and none of us like We have played the same game while speaking to one another, but not with one another. Mm -hmm. Mm, Right. Speaking of someone who is friends. Which is a weird statement to say out loud. Yeah, really. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, like, it really feels like you need to set a schedule mm, and make that yeah. effort to like put put in a time in to make it happen. Yeah. Yeah. No, I have kids, so no thanks. I'm done. <laughs> no. Yeah. Doctor Wally, uh, question of the week: My gothy is Super Mario 3D World plus Bowser's Fury, uh, particularly the Bowser's Fury part. Uh, Super Mario Odyssey was perfection in my eyes. But Bowser's Fury feels like a taste of something even greater. Give me Mario's take on Breath of the Wild! Exclamation point. Also, the kaiju battle stuff is awesome. But I have to ask, where is my kaiju peach, Nintendo? 
If RE8 has taught us anything, it's that gamers love the big ladies, exclamation point, and Kaiju Peach can ground pound me anytime. Okay. Um, I will answer that by saying, uh, fuck your giant peach. Where is our giant Bowsette? Break yeah, the internet yeah. for real. Come on. Toadettes. Mm-hmm. I loved, I love that, that tweet that I'm sure isn't factual was still funny because someone made it look official. Uh, yeah, big lady from Resident Evil 8 has more polygons in her ass than the entirety of Resident oh, Evil 8. Right, right. <laughs> Robert, I do have to respect your commitment to the Dr. Wowie bit Dr. there, for, but after a while, uh, I gotta be honest. It, it, it fell apart. Uh, it, well, it started to get a little bit of, I am once again here to ask you for your help with the Democrats. <laughs> you went Bernie. You went Bernie, baby. You never go full Bernie. Was it Bernie? Uh, okay, all right. You Bernie went from Dr. Wall, Dr. Wally to uh, Bernie. I'm Wally. here once again to ask Mega Man. <laughs> How come everybody can get that Mega Man 8 reference? Robert treated me like a Mega Man 8 reference earlier. It was like I was quoting something from the fucking Bible. No, I, I got and, you. I just I don't remember how those soccer balls behave specifically. Yeah. They were awesome. Yeah, they were awesome. I remember that. You part. were mentioning the, the Strikers game for, for Mega Man, the soccer game? I didn't mention it, but I, I'm no. happy no. to. No, that, that is it. an actual <laughs> Mega Man weapon. In Mega Man 8, he gets a soccer ball that he can kick yeah. around the screen. Like, yeah, it's dope. Yeah, and, and it, it flies comes around out of like his the gun. ball in this game. I, I, I gotta say, like, it is ironic because, um, I've only barely played the Mega Man series, but I have, like, a Mega Man inspired, like, Spider Man shirt I'm wearing. Oh, oh, nice. I feel like the biggest poser with Mega Man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's fun. Uh, it's okay. On the official Laser Time community on Facebook, uh, Philip Longet says, I'm going to back the guest host Alex this week, who was very funny. Indeed. Returnal is my favorite game of the year so far. It looks gorgeous. Everything about the gameplay feels considered and deliberate. 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 Uh, and the standout piece for me is probably the sound design. <laughs> The 3D audio does a phenomenal job of creating atmosphere. Please play this game in the dark wearing headphones. Also, a call out for Curse of the Dead Gods. I've put 50 hours into it so far and keep wanting to go back and play it some more. We'll be very interested to see if I prefer Hades when it drops in a couple months. Oh, you will. You almost Mm. certainly will. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I think Returnal, that's, that's one interesting thing about it is it's the only one to sort of like prod you like oh you should play this with 3d audio 3d audio and then like i find out like oh my expensive sony wireless headphones that i've been using for years uh don't fit the ps5's definition of 3d audio what so so i went and bought the 3d audio headphones and it's like well i don't really like the fit of these but the the sound quality is really nice I mean that the whole thing though with 3D audio is you're supposed to even be able to use pretty cheap headphones. Like it's it's a mm. lot of it's done on the platforms side. But anyway, uh, let's see. Daniel Walker says question of the week. At the moment, it's still the <laughs> the Witcher three. My backlog is horrendous. What? <laughs> no, the real answer is Chivalry two. It's nice. the lighthearted break from FPS shooter multiplayer that I didn't know I wanted. Heads and arms flying, sneaky archers and chaos as teams smush together in a battlefield. It's been a ton of fun. It is pretty fun. Find out you're not the only one, Daniel. Hmm. Yeah, it's interesting. Um, I wanted to play Mordhau, but I didn't uh, pull the trigger on that. But then I realized, like, oh, no, this is an echo of the original Chivalry. And then mm-hmm. in comes Chivalry 2, and it's like, oh, man, it's doing everything I wanted to do in Mordhau, but better? Yeah. It, it, Chivalry 2, um, I will say this as someone who is not very good at multiplayer games, uh, it is fun even when you lose. 
because you mm-hmm. just get to charge around <laughs> screaming and swing a sword wildly, and maybe some arms go flying off. Maybe they're yours. Yeah. Uh, you'll probably Speed die with that bastard. approach, but yeah. it's fun. And the screens last just that um, like perfect amount of too long that have made them very memeable on the internet. I've seen lots of clips of people playing <laughs> that thing like mm-hmm. on YouTube and just like the guys. <laughs> <laughs> wonderful <laughs> i was i was giving you spatial audio on that one guys i was going around amazing. the room that was amazing mm-hmm. uh, it, it's not subsidy the, the uh, zombie level of like we're gonna go a little too long on this uh, audio scream of, of this person dying um it's 10 seconds now now it's 15 seconds yeah mm-hmm. for those yeah. of you who played sub zombie um i think i'm the only one that's yeah. fine no i love stubs the zombie it's fantastic <laughs> Um, we also have a video answer from E Hyundai who says, "What's up, Chris, Michael, Matt, and probably somebody else? Um, for lack of a better gothy, my game of the half year has got to be Chivalry 2. It's oh. not only is it the only game that came out in 2021 that I've played, it's also amazing. And I usually suck at multiplayer games, but I am so fucking good at this game." I'm at the top of the leaderboards every single match I play. I'm out here winning free-for-alls. But yeah, that's about it. Uh, I literally haven't played anything else that came out this year except for uh, the Blackwood expansion for Elder Scrolls Online, which is also really good. So, uh, love you guys. See you later. Bye-bye. Nice. Wow. I mean, by our criteria, Chivalry 2 would have made our top five for, or at least been considered for it. Like, two two or more votes. votes. Yeah. Yeah, I was avoiding responses where people said things that we already said. Yeah, and me too. Um, me too. yeah, Chivalry got the <laughs> as far as I saw on the website had the most votes. Yeah, uh, other than one for Pokemon Snap too, or oh, Pokemon yeah. Snap. That one was kind of sweet. Anyway, so new question of the week: What setting do you would you like to see in Assassin's Creed Infinity? Um, mm. I guess you know I've I I think about this a lot. Uh, they're all kinds of uh, Assassin's Creed periods I would love to see explored. I, I don't have a direct line onto what's being developed, but uh, my my dream has always been to see one set during the Spanish Civil War in the 30s, go around as a modern assassin uh, shooting fascists. I think that'd be a lot of fun, um, but I'm, I'm curious uh, what other people would want to see. Um, I know mine, since it has to be in the past. 1971, the opening of Walt Disney World. The, the <laughs> seriously, I'm not kidding. Like the 1970s Walt Disney World, right? I think would be who amazing. Are you, who's assassinating you, who? You'd want to kill Templars in 1970s Walt Disney World. <laughs> yes, I mean, why wouldn't they be there? Probably you don't know how Walt bought all that swampland, Michael. Like, there's some, yeah, man. Very, there's some. So, covert so shit what you're happening. saying is you you want to see 1970s Walt Disney World as an open world that you can explore and also kill people in. Yes, but remember, you can't just walk right in. Mm-hmm. It's you that's not how Assassin's admission. Creed works. No, in Assassin's Creed, you don't go to the city right away. You got to build. You got to walk right. get to the city. Yeah, you got to go to the so, hotel resorts all around Walt Disney. Yeah, World. so you walk past the uh, crying orange grove people who lost all their land, mm-hmm. and maybe throw them a couple shillings. I don't know what currency <laughs> they used in the seventies. You make it to the gates and they're and they're like Walt Disney World. That'll be two dollars, please. And everyone's like, "That's ridiculous! Highway robbery! Two dollars Disney World." And then you get to the top of the castle and you can scraw 
into a pile of uh, Disney corpses of the most popular characters of that day. Why, of course, I'm talking about the Three Little Pigs. There was not, there was oh, not a Disney character more popular than uh, Three Little Pigs. In than, the 70s, I thought you were going to go with, like, Robin Hood or something. No, you know? no, no. You, like, if, if you look at the opening of the park, the, the Three Little Pigs were the first big Disney merchandising blockbuster that they then, like, adapted Mickey into. But the Three Little Pigs were huge, and they there's... If you've never seen those '70s character costumes, they're fucking horrifying. Oh, yeah. They're Five oh, Nights at Freddy's esque. Their heads are way too big. They come down to like their belly. The chins come down <laughs> to their belly button. Uh, it looks so bad. They're, they're not as scary as like the early Mickey and Minnie costumes, where it's oh, like awful. The, the body is just like spandex suit on your regular human body, and then the head's like. It's really uncomfortably small for Mickey and Minnie's heads. Yeah. It's just like, wow. You look like the most off-brand Mickey I've ever seen. Yeah, and if you never read about all that shit, like, moving that, that those character costumes to Florida had the unforeseen consequence of, like, spreading diseases through the costumes, including, like, amplifying sweaty STDs oh, in Jesus. the costume. <laughs> yes. Yeah. But, yeah, it, would, oh. it wouldn't be fun to swap out hay bales with just, like, piles of discarded mascot costumes. And mm. no one technically dies in Disney World. Mm. True. Yeah, yeah. It's true. They get carted out. <laughs> Perfect they get, place to kill. They get out. Or you can jump into uh, piles of those like those old school Mickey ear balloons that yeah. they don't really yeah. have anymore. No, what you do here's here's the here's the <laughs> thing. You, you get right outside the gates and you whistle at people and then kill them when they get near the orange bush. Just, that's that's how Assassin's Creed works, right? You just keep whistling and you have a body like a pile of corpses next to you after a while. That's. That might be a different stealth. Anyway, um, uh, my my answer would be let's see. So, Assassin's Creed Infinity. All right, giant airships. Uh, there's there's weird robot dudes that are huge that you're fighting. You got a hook that you go around on a roller coaster thing. No. So you want to uh, see Bioshock? Bioshock. No, not at all. I, my real answer is you, you want like it's, Crimson Skies? Well, like, what, no, what are you going up here? I, I I was going for Bioshock Infinite, but what uh, <laughs> my, my real answer is is feudal Japan. Like you Ooh. gotta go feudal Japan. Like that—that's yeah. the one that's long rumored. Like a. Do you samurai. really want them to fight Ghost of Tsushima that hard? Oh my goodness! I would well, stay away from that location. That—that's what I loved about Ghost of Tsushima is they took like everyone for years had been like that's where they're gonna go next. Assassin's Creed is gonna do feudal Japan, and then finally someone's like, well, if they're not gonna do it. We'll go ahead and make yeah, that. Yeah, they game. made an Assassin's Creed in Japan. <laughs> <laughs> it was quite good. So yeah, yeah um, but I would still like to see Assassin's Creed's attempt at it. You know, we'll see. Be interesting. Uh, Robert? So, I have one, but it's technically not mine, because I'm not the big Assassin's Creed, you know, fan in the household here. Um, my wife actually is. My wife? Um, so Sarah, yes, exactly. Sorry. She has a backlog. No, that's that's fine. I can do it every time. <laughs> it, 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 it stopped being funny, and then it became funny again, because no sure. one's doing it. He's, he's relatively doing new or married, right too, so this is fine for him. Like, he's still in that phase where that, that joke works, you know. Mm. Oh yeah, it, it, it's that's not beating a dead horse or beating it to hamburger at this point. Sure. So she is the ba- big Assassin's Creed fan. Um, she is still working on her PhD, uh, so that means uh, she has to also go through Origins, Odyssey, and Valhalla at this point. So um, and it's been, it's been a couple of years since then, um, but she is still the big um, Assassin's Creed fan. So she responded to me about this. I, I asked this question to her, and she responded with. Um, if they haven't done any Asian ones besides the spin-off games in China, uh, Mongolia during the time of Genghis Khan might be oh, interesting, shit. especially oh, if yeah. eagle hunting was a tradition back then. A natural Ooh. fit, tying yeah. back into or- Origins. 
Feudal Japan, as Matt said, would be awesome, but I'm also thinking a lot of Central or South American cultures would be great fits prior to colonialization. <clears throat> what with the pyramids, the climb, and all that. You know oh, yeah, what? I'm so. going to modify mine to say 1983 Orlando, so Epcot is open, which includes <laughs> all of your entries. You want to like climb okay. Spaceship Earth? You want to yes. see? Yeah. You, hell yeah! You can, you can climb Morocco and then dive dive into Japan. <laughs> right? Oh, that's true. Yeah. yeah. They can hide all the, the ancient uh, civilization stuff in in like the uh, you know, the land of tomorrow too, right? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's true. Yeah. Too. yeah. I mean, there's some there's a there's a huge Templar vibe going on in Epcot. <laughs> well, anyway, yeah, so. absolutely. One of, one of my favorite Easter eggs from Assassin's Creed is. Uh, I think it was either in four or in, uh, Unity where there, you find like an email where somebody lists like all these different time periods that they pulled out of the DNA of Desmond Miles. And one of them was, uh, Summer of Love. So 1967, which was actually a direct reference to a Simpsons background gag where they go to like E3 and there's an Assassin's Creed Summer of Love and there's like a hippie with a hidden blade. And, but the thing is, like, I actually remember writing an article for Games Radar and looked into that and it's just like, oh my god, all this shit went down in 67. And that, uh, one of the big things was like the leader of the American Nazi party was shot by an assassin who, an assailant who ran away on the rooftops. And it's like, Very holy nice. shit, that's, that, a perfect fit and then like find out like, no, actually they caught that guy and it was like his right hand, like one, one of his own lieutenants. Shot him. Oh, of course it was. Liberals don't shoot their enemies. Yet. No, it's fucking Nazi on Nazi violence. Exactly. So, <laughs> but anyway, what setting would you like to see uh, in Assassin's Creed Infinity or any future Assassin's Creed? Let us know. Go to videogamepocalypse.com and answer under the comments for episode four hundred and twenty-seven. Alternately, you can visit the official Laser Time community on Facebook. There'll be a thread there where you can answer. Or ping us on Twitter at VG Apocalypse, and we will read the best answers on next week's show. Anyway, that has been our show. Let's go out with some plugs. Uh, Robert, once again, where can people find you? All right. Um, I am the um, guy behind the scenes, mostly um, at uh, PNB. Um, I will say, um, if you're interested in listening to um, more of what I say, um, unfortunately, I'm sorry for you. <laughs> I, I, I am on those podcasts a lot. And um, there's a lot of best of episodes that, that you would uh, definitely check out. A lot of our better material and, and really, really, really good bits. Um, some of it's, um, it are, are bad stories about me making looking like an idiot, um, which are, those are always fun. Um, but like a week ago, we did a uh, quiz on Dragon Quest um, enemies because um, there's a lot of bad puns involving that. So I, I integrated um, Kayla and uh, TL and also. Um, Sarah Case, uh, my wife. Um, I, 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 I can't oh. stop thinking about it now. I, I, I always have to think about Bora every time I say, like, my wife. It, it, it um, goes away. I'm <laughs> sorry. It yeah. takes a while. No, no, no. Like, it, it's, it's, it's just like, I, I want to say spouse, but it's like, I, my spouse. Yeah. My spouse. <laughs> Feel responsible. No one says my, my partner. Spouse. <laughs> just, just go straight partner at that point. Yeah. Just say my partner. My partner. <laughs> no one says spouse. <laughs> Yeah, so we did that, and then this 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 week uh, we got um, Anthony Abbotts. Um, I keep I, oh, yeah. I keep saying like I, 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 we we want to like I, I keep wanting to say his name is uh, Anthony. I found a body because it, it, it seems it's kind of spelled a little Cajun, but it's not. No, but just um, Anthony, just yeah, at Bruce Anthony Wayne Abbott. Brady on yeah. Twitter. Brody. Hell yeah, good guess. 
Oh, and uh, yes, listen to Laser Time this week with the Video Game Apocalypse Boys yeah. talking about uh, finally their very long channel drift episode making fun of cable television. And I came out of that after the edit like, I will never subscribe to cable again. This is all awful. <laughs> this And it costs so much. It costs so much. Mm-hmm. Oh. Uh, yeah, but if you want to laugh at the state of cable television, it looks like real bad. And then the, the, the thesis is I, as Americans, I don't think we're used to getting less of something that has existed for so long, but it really does look like a lot of TV channels are going to go away, uh, in the next decade, um, because they just don't serve a purpose anymore. And they're, they're admitting that out loud, especially during the pandemic. We don't have an interest in, in, in original content, whatever it takes to keep viewers here. I will run every Adams. I will run three Adam Sandler movies all day and call myself MTV. And, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, they all belong to like a few big media conglomerates anyway. So it's not mm. like it's, it's not like these mom and pops going out of business. Um, yeah, right. Get rid of uh, cable. Um, that's that's the yeah. big thing there. Um, if you're only using it just for sports, um, there are certain Discord channels that you can find on the internet that will uh, make that stream easier. Um, just just putting that out there. I was gonna, yeah. I was going to make a post about that. Other than live sports, like a, an ad free Hulu will change your life. It has it has at least like sixty percent of the content that is on the best cable package, and no ads at all. <laughs> you'll you'll get so many hours of your life back, and uh, you you'll miss out on all that ridiculous marath- ridiculousness marathons. Anyway, oh, and uh, thirty twenty ten is one of our biggest biggest episodes ever. Really, really fun. Um, really, really fun episode. So many great movies, and including the debut of The Office. Let's see who hates it and who loves it. And I'm intentionally not telling you which office it is. Bye. Oh, okay. <laughs> All right. Just about to ask. Yeah. Hey, speaking of uh, Anthony uh, at Bruce Wayne Brady, I just put up the commentary that he, Chris, and I did for House Party. You can get that exclusively that at patreon.com so slash laser time. And those are available at the $5 or more per month level. Um, yeah, we, we kind of just have a backlog of some we did earlier this year and last year that I'm putting up. And then uh, I'm trying to figure out a time and a movie for kind of a summer-themed Monday Night Point movie. Break! So we'll we'll see. So stay tuned for more details on that <laughs> Let's one. Let's watch Point Break! <laughs> oh, I have uh, one final plug. Um, I have a wedding coming up. Um, that's that's fun and nice. I'm inviting some people. It's going to be good to be nice. It's going to be great. What, what's, but... what's your wife think about that? <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I can invite her on the mic if you want. I mean, <laughs> that'd be awkward. I'm in no. I'm not dressed to talk to a woman. <laughs> sure you are. As long as no, she's shaped but... exactly like Roadrunner. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> no, um, Cedar Points. So, um, Cody oh, Lavo uh, messaged us and said, "Like, hey, you know, you know, since we're going to be in town for the wedding, um, why don't we go to Cedar Points that Monday? So, August second, we have like a kind of sort of, you know, like LTC meetup where we're starting up. So, if you're interested, like, hop in the LTC um, Facebook group and um, go give it a shot." I mean, if, if you want, if you want to drive up here, like I, I know, like TL's driving up because he's he's in the wedding party. But um, uh, where is it? Where's Cedar Point? Like Michigan or some shit? Um, <laughs> Sandusky, Ohio. Sandusky. Why did they name a city after that guy? 
I was just about to point out that like Cedar Point is one of those Simpsons like locations where it's like there could be a thousand of them in the United States. It's one of those names, you know. You're like, oh, there's yeah, a Cedar yeah. Point. So it's, just, it's like Cleveland, Ohio. It's it's, it's right right next to uh, Lake Erie, practically. I mean, that's the the only thing that Sandusky, Ohio, has going on. I mean, if if you've seen The Boys season one, there's there's a prolonged joke about um, the deep being trapped in right. Sandusky, Ohio. All right, yeah, okay. Sounds lovely. <laughs> it is. It, it, it's it's a very nice amusement park, and that's that's the only thing I'll say about it. All right. Well, as always, you can visit us online at vigigameapocalypse.com or on Twitter at VGApocalypse, and you can follow me personally on Twitter at Wikiparas. That's W-I-K-I-P-A-R-A-Z. That's been our show, everybody. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next week. Good lord. I, I don't know how he's going to try and get an hour out of this, but he's going to. <laughs> he's, I, I was about to say, like, I'm 27. Yeah. Like, I don't know any of this shit. I, I didn't I, play I, a goddamn I NES. You, I told you, run it by Robert. He might be too young to be hip to cave hermits. Hey, look. Whatever's about to cool, happen, Robert. I could read the NES manuals to each one of these games, yep. uh, and we will produce something longer than that. Uh, <laughs> All right. And, let's get back to it.